11 o'clock comics episode 131 oh my god oh my god you want to do another one? Oh my god you want to do you can do another one well, I got. I got to get this. While while the music is is uh, I I saw they won't be able to hear this right events. No, they will. This week they will. Oh, but I can't tell you. What I got to see today. Well, that's okay. If you tell us, you'll tell everyone. So if you want everyone to hear it, then it, no, tell away. No, just, no, oh, that was hard. That was chunky. Yeah, chicken marsala. Not a fan. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big poultry eater. Unless it's got like some kind of hot sauce on it or it's a tomato sauce, I don't, I don't usually like the bird. So you would be all about the world of chew. Yes. Yeah, you'd love it. He, does, he doesn't eat chicken on the bone. No, I don't. Unless it's uh, a hot wing that's really, really spicy, then I'll I'll trudge through the whole bone eating shit, but no, I don't like it. It's funny too, because Vince usually loves eating bone. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Uh, old school. Sorry for. Um, I, I feel. I am uh, sorry, Chris, that we offended your your your. We already had this conversation. I'm just saying, whenever it gets to like 1970s pube discussion, move it to the monkey room. That's all, all I'm saying. <laughs> All of all of our female listeners just got another two notches attracted to Chris, so now they're probably around up to three. Yeah. <laughs> On a related note, there is a little bit of a. Of a return to the days of the unkempt nether regions, I'm seeing on the uh, yeah, I know places, and uh, I'm not a fan. I, no, I'm not either. I <laughs> don't like it at all. <laughs> oh, moment of silence for Bob Guccione, by the way. I know. Yes, yeah, for real. Yeah. Thank you for Caligula, Bob. Oh. What do you mean? I love that movie. How about this? How about this threesome? Uh, well, not threesome. Threesome. Uh, not threes. That's a people die in threes, right? You, now yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. Or so they say. I think it's bullshit. Um, but um, June Cleaver, mm-hmm. um, Father Dowling, and Bob Guccione. Nice. How's that yeah. for for the the death trio? There you go. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I do love Tinto Brass. He's the man who directed uh, Caligula. I, I love his movies, and Caligula is right up there. If I had to pick uh, ten movies that I would save from the National Archives, Caligula would be one of them. I love available. Really? On Netflix streaming for free. Is, is it the un, uncut? Is it the uncensored? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, it is. It's, it's a great movie. Uh, they chopped the heads off the Christians, okay? With a big giant machine with blades and shit spinning, and they bury them up to their necks. Oh, I love it. I'm sorry. All righty. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. Yes, welcome. Oh gosh! What I was gonna say? What, welcome to New York Comic Con wrap up part two. Yes. Oh, yes. but I'm glad you mentioned what, what, that because what convention do we have to talk about this week? There is someone we forgot to mention, and I'm sad. In the words of Just Bill, I wanted to punch myself in the dick because David and I were hanging around this man for quite a while, and I think he's fantastic. And I didn't bring him up, and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna when we get into it. Not Alan. Okay. No, Wando. Oh. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, nice. Awesome prints that I didn't get to go back and Yeah, we yeah, totally left him out yeah. last week. Yeah. You're right. Because I, I didn't know if we mentioned Alan enough because it's so, so fun meeting him. I heard him. it was his birthday. 
It was his birthday. It, birthday. It, I walk up to him and he's like, look at the party that they've thrown me. <laughs> We're yeah, sitting but, in the middle of the convention. See, By the way, is this a two-man show tonight? Or? No, keep going. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I'm Christopher Naisman. Defender of female listeners. Go ahead. Stop <laughs> <laughs> it. I'm David Price. Yes, you are. And straight from AC, I am Nucky Johnson. No, no, no you're not, Nucky. You are Nucky. You are Jason Wood. And Jason's Nucky has been brought to you this week by <laughs> who? Discount Comic Book Service, DCBS. This, yeah. <laughs> DCBService.com. That's the, that's the Earl where you can get amazing discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles. For example, to illustrate, the, the forthcoming BPRD Plague of Frogs hardcover, which would have cost you $34.99 everywhere else, will only cost you $16.44. Damn. 53% and you know what? And you know off. What? It, can, it can cost you even less than that. Well, if you Absolutely. steal it. No. No. If you're a first-time customer. Yeah. Very true. Very true. If you are a first-time customer, they have a beautiful, well-proportioned slot for you to enter the following code. EOC8. What's the code, David? EOC8. That's right. He whispers because he forgets he's doing a podcast. EOC8, if you put that in the slot, you'll get an extra 8% off. Did you hear that some prick walked away with two copies of Kramer's yeah. Ergot number 7 from the ad house? For, from I'm where? sorry, the Buenaventura. Yeah. Uh, that's ridiculous. I've been looking wait, for that book. How wait, did they do that? Those wait, are gigantic wait, no. books. What, what happened? At, At New York Comic Con. No. No, at the SPX, the Small oh, Press SPX, Expo. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, Alan Buenaventura, I believe his name is, the founder of Buenaventura Press, who, uh, a publisher that has been riddled with problems and bad luck, and they are, they are no more. And they eventually are becoming Pigeon Press. I don't know if it's all the same people that was Buenaventura, but it's some of them. And anyway, they had two copies of Kramer's Ergot, that huge. Yeah. Monster of a tome on their table, and I guess Sunday at the show, some ne'er do well walked away with both of them. You don't put that in your pocket. No. I, you I, need... I, I, I thought about getting it. I would have nowhere to put the fucking thing. I want it's the book. Huge. Here's the deal. If you know anybody, if you know, if, if any information about Kramer's Ergot 7 and the, the incident at, at Small Press Expo, get in touch with the right people, Pigeon Press or, uh, Lisa Hanawalt on Twitter. She's doing a book for Pigeon Press. Get in touch with them and tell them what happened. I want these books to go back to their rightful owners because I want to buy one. What's the what was the retail on those things? One twenty five. Okay. Okay. Yes. Which uh, I mean, if you compare that to like you know an omnibus edition, which is about what those things go for, yeah, I, I can I can you know it's not it's not incredibly overpriced. The thing it, it's. It's not a coffee table book. You could put four legs on it, and it could be a coffee table. That's very yeah. funny, and it's true. It's huge. Okay. So, yes, please, let's get these things found, because I want to buy one. Uh, but you could have probably have gotten that through DCBS at one time, but not now, because DCBS carries everything that's in the, the previews, the magazine, the comic section, the previews. They carry everything. You can get them all at really big discounts, like... Proof Endangered, number one, 50% off. Sixth Gun Trade, number one. David's always harping on this. Everybody seems to love it, and for, and, and rightly so, because it's a beautiful book. I haven't read it yet. 50% off. Look at that. 
Uh, you can get Reed Fleming, World's Toughest Milkman, hardcover, volume one. 50% off. Would it cost Me too. I'm sorry, ordered. You can get it for $14.99. Oh my God. Head on over to DCBService.com. Check them out. Put that code in the slot if you're a first time customer and do it. Do it right. Don't pay retail for comic books. That's silly. That's not right. You we know love this. Them. Yes, we do. Okay. Sorry for that long winded <sighs> promo. That was great. Yeah, Actually, and also, don't forget about their sister site, InStockTrades.com. Mm-hmm. Yes, who I just placed a Wumba big order with last night. Did you really? Mm-hmm. See, you know what? You know, everybody knows about my move. I'm moving, blah blah blah, and I'm setting up my bookcases, and I'm getting really finicky with the books that I will allow access to the shelves. Like oh, as as I'm putting them up, I'm thinking, do I really want to keep this? Mm-hmm. So they go, they're going in the box for sale. Like Queen and Country Definitive, I don't need it. So it's going. No, I'm not saying this to piss Chris off. Do you have uh, Son of a bitch. No, what a volume. Just the first one? Just the first one. Yes. Oh. It's, it's going in the box. Um, you didn't like it, and that's okay. You don't have to like everything. Like no, I did. Yeah, but we, we, I can appreciate it for what it is. I think the first story is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That initial introduction to Terra Chase is a beautifully done story. It's perfect. It just it it shines. It's so perfect, but the rest just leaves me cold. I I I don't like all that. You're just not a big Hulk Hulk I'm guy. not at all. But it, okay. hey, there's no arguing that it's really well done, written and drawn. So yeah. Samney Norton, all those guys, they do a great job. But it's Brian just, Hurt. You're talking Six Gun, Brian Hurt. I know. Uh, I know. Steve and uh, like War of Kings in the Jason box. Alexander. I don't need it. The Avengers X-Men Utopia in the box. Don't need it. So I will eventually be selling these on the forum. But I'm just saying there there there, there has to be a, a rule that uh, or a, a guideline that a book has to surpass it in order to get on my shelves because we only have a limited amount of space, right? It's I'm true. I, yeah. sp- I spent all last weekend going through and kind of cleaning out my comics room. I got it reorganized. It was I, I had reached like overflowing, and so yeah, I I got thinned some stuff out, got some rid of stuff, and kind of redid stuff. I got you know all my all my art pages on the wall, except for this this. I got one hole there um, that I'm two holes. Waiting. You mean? Well, there's another <laughs> uh, another uh, wall where I'm going to put the the creep. Oh, okay, but okay. you know, I've got I've got my space for my Conan page whenever I get it. You'll to, be getting to go, relax. Go you, you don't want me to fucking send it haphazardly, do you? <laughs> no, half. I'm I'm just looking at this this empty this empty spot that's waiting for some John Buscema love. I just, you, as soon as I can figure out how to get jizz removed <laughs> off of it, uh, <laughs> get terrible. the CSI blacklight away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, did you say creepy? Creep, creeper. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't have any of the Dark Horse um, eerie, creepy archive books? I, I've got I've got the first volume of uh, of eerie and the first volume of creepy. And okay. yeah, and then I've got all the um, the EC archives that have come out um, to this point. I think except Excellent. for like Weird Science three, I need to get that one. But uh, uh, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna. Put the the Jumbob Creeper next to the Tom Skioli um, penciled and Hillary Barta inked uh, uh, Demon Etrigan. Nice. You yeah. do suck. Yes. What? Nice. You, <laughs> you suck. Hey, I'm did you guys, have, Vince? Mm-hmm. Did you see? Speaking of previews, did you see that there is a new Spy versus Spy solicit? Yes, I saw that. Giddy about that. I I'm 
I'm giddy about that, but I'm also very happy that they're taking a concerted effort to bring Mad back to children. Yeah, yeah. My kids love that show. They love it. Yeah, my boys do too. They they've tuned the humor to the zone, like the tween zone, like they did an iCarly parody. My kids just thought that was the greatest thing, that you can actually take an existing piece of entertainment and just mm-hmm. tweak it and make it funny because you're you're part making fun of it, just like Harvey Kurtzman. You're, 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 yeah, they did a he, Justin Bieber thing. Yeah, and, and they, they they've a, never uh, been introduced. Brothers thing, what, Pokemon thing. That kind of parody, kids don't get introduced to that too often. No. Yeah. They they're don't even not, know that it's possible. Yeah. yeah, and and they just think oh, they, every time it's on, you cannot say a word. Shh, Mad's on. True. We gotta watch it. Awesome. Yep. Should we uh, should we knock out our drink roll call here real quick? I think we're all full of of comic talk that just needs to get out of us. Oh, I'm brimming, brimming. I got I got a bunch of stuff I wanna I wanna talk about. So let's uh, let's get this drink roll call um, done. Uh, Mr. B, great gracious with your alcoholic presence. I just took a sip of Yingling Premium. Really? Yeah. I'm not aware of this. Yep, Yingling Premium, America's oldest. Well, we we know that. It's just uh, it doesn't. I don't know what the qualifications are that make it Yingling Premium, but that's what it says on the can. So, oh, it's in a can. Hmm. Yeah, I like beer in a can. Could be not like always- things like calling uh, calling a 400 pound guy tiny, like yes. premium. Oh. Really, like you, well, you know. And, and I'm going to debunk that. Not always bad to have beer in a can and i think that you will see more and more um uh of the the craft brewers putting beer in cans for for this reason they uh, are white proof and light. i was just gonna say that you yep, you, yep. you are schooling me yeah yeah, yeah. because is, i know first first beer. first twist off bottle caps on wine got acceptable and now we're talking about canned beer I hey get it. Now, <laughs> okay, now now i will i will he sounds so de- I will, dejected I will doesn't fight he with you on the on the twist off caps for wine too because that's not necessarily a bad thing you're starting to see more and more like really highly reputable um uh Didn't wineries. I just say that? <laughs> I just said that. Oh, okay. I thought, uh, you no, did, I thought yeah. you were poking fun. No, I, I said first. We got. I said first. Bottle cap twist off. Bottle caps became acceptable, and now canned beer is. Um, okay. Yeah, you're totally right. The real some some vineyards uh, are using tw- twist uh, twist off caps. Yeah. So, Technology has surely advanced. Yeah, I just yep. assume that you were giving me shit, Jason. No. See that? You know what happens when you assume, Christopher. I know, I know. Uh, why don't you Why don't you tell us what you're drinking tonight, Mr. Wood? Uh, it's definitely not a craft beer. It's a man beer, and it's uh, it's called uh, Stella Artois. Ah. Ooh, Bell's White Theater. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I've, I've told you. You know that's what they call it over in the UK. No, White Beater. No, I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Why? Um, it um, still has a slightly higher, slightly higher um, alcohol content, and it has a reputation of making for very mean drunks. Oh. And um, uh, one of my one of my best friends here in Chicago, he's from London, and his brother is the Bobby there, and that's a police officer in England. If you guys didn't know, it's 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 kind of it's 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 a uh, kind of a running joke. Whenever they go on domestic abuse calls, that there's always Stella. There, there's almost always like empty Stella cans and <laughs> bottles strewn. Oh, see, they're not drinking bottle. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's, yeah, because so, it's a Belgian beer too. It's not like it's a British beer. It's not like they're drinking. Yeah, like, I think it's. I think it's, it's huh. an excuse to be angrier. 
but yeah, it's it's nicknamed a wife beater. I mean, you 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 can walk into a bar and ask for a wife beater, and you'll get Stella. I may do that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, like here in the states, if you would be able to do that. I tell you what, our our English listeners, because I know that we have the, that we have quite a few listeners over in the, in the UK. Um, back me up on the on the forum, or tell me I'm full of shit. Yeah, Templar, hook us up. Uh, Vern, Simon. somebody hook us up. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's also uh, that's uh, that's who owns Budweiser now. That's InBev. That's true. Yep. Yes, sir. So, yep cool. they 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 own the king of beers, uh, Mr. Price. Uh, I am having. It's not a twist off. It it has a cork in it. Uh, Nathanson Creek Merlot from California. Back to the grape. Back to the grape. Hey, before we move on to Chris, David, I was driving to the Eagles game uh, on Sunday. Yes. And one of the billboards heading into Philly, fucking. Tullamore Dew. No shit. I was oh baffled because I had never heard of it until you said you started drinking it. No, really? It that but, up. Um, you're, you're making it. I think people have been hearing about it on the show, and now it's blowing up. So they have billboard in Philly now. Nice. I'll yeah, <laughs> you next time. I uh, I have a coworker who he uh, he had a little bit too much dew one evening <laughs> and, and did some dancing and ended up breaking his ankle. And, oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So so when Frank I brought later? the Bob, no 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 no. Um, when I brought the uh, when I brought the bottle home and I was telling him I was having some, he was like telling me not to dance. And then the next day he was asking me how my ankle was doing and everything. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't drink any Telemore do no more. Mm. He's Telemore don't now. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, I, I'm sitting here at uh, hour two hundred and seventy two without a drink, um, and uh, sipping on uh, some cran raspberry flavored Lacroix. Water. Whew. I got how was that? Got two and a half days to go, guys. Is it two and a half Friday, Saturday? Yeah, two and a say, half days you know, to go. Last week's forum thread a little little skimpy. I'm wondering if it had to do with lack of drunk Chris. I'm just saying. Correlation people. I don't know, but I'll And it was all about the con. It was yeah, yeah I don't know. about some in, in, yeah, okay. in defense of the people complaining about our all con episode, the uh the lack of forum fervor seems to quietly hint that he may have had a point. <laughs> Not that we're going to stop yeah. talking about the cons. We only go no, to two no. or three. Years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's twice, it's twice a year that we get to spend yeah. a weekend with each other, and of course we're going to come back, and and that's what we're going to want to talk about. So yeah. screw that. It's that's I I love talk, I love going to cons with you guys and then talking about it afterwards. Yes. Yes. Read. But we should probably now talk about some comics because I know that we got tons of comics. Yes. That said on cartoons. Cartoons. Well, there. Yeah, there's a cartoon that started last night. What was yeah, that? Damn straight. What? Well, Dude, what Avengers was Earth Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. No? Oh, jeez, I didn't watch. I didn't watch that. Why thing. not? Why? I got better things to do. Oh, Seriously. Yeah, I got books to put on shelves. <laughs> That's right. No, but but tell me, <laughs> tell me, a, you had an event to attend last night. So yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But tell it's me, Disney XD, so it's going to be repeated ad nauseum. So tell me why I should be watching. Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I recorded it. I didn't see the episode. Because you're a Marvel fan, because it's awesome, and because your son will love it. Okay. And because unlike something like Superhero Squad, which is absolutely geared for the kiddos, this is one of those cartoons, much like Looney Tunes was for our parents, where although the kids enjoy it, there's a million sight gags that are only for people like the four of us that have been reading Marvel comics for decades and can pick out obscure oh, cool. characters and be like, "Oh, that's so and so." So it was very, very cool. the The first two episodes they had them back to back. Since Chris, uh, since you guys haven't 
watched it yet, I, but it's um, it's it's in it's not dissimilar to the way the Bendis New Avengers got started, which was uh, you know the a, a breakout of prison, right. but in this case, it's the it's f- all four major Marvel superhero prisons being broken out of at once, and Ooh. that leading to the theoretical formation of the Avengers. And the coolest part of it, it's actually the original Avengers cast. They even have yes. the Hulk as one of the founding members, which is really oh, dope. Oh, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, it was really but, dope. So. Nice. See, that's no, a great no, no way Captain to... America. Not no, no, not the first, no, he wasn't in the first two episodes, no. Oh, see, that, cool. that's a great way to introduce your audience to the villains and the heroes. Yes, yeah. Yep. That's really Absolutely. Cool. Start, yeah, off was, um, with, start off with the action. You know, none of this bogged down with, with the origin stories and things like that from what I'm hearing. And Jarvis is the Jarvis from the movie. It's not an actual... Right, real yeah. Okay. The, the one uh, I have to get used to is they pattern Iron Man definitely after the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Sure. So he's he's got a, a, a sort of an energetic... Bent to him, he's got a little bit of a wisecracker, a little bit um, doesn't is you know kind of a little bit more like this, almost like a Spider-Man type of thing, or you know he's a little bit more the wisecracker, the the comic relief type of thing, hmm. playing that up a little bit. But um, but other than that, I thought um, I thought the rest of it was and it was fine. But I'm just saying like that was a choice they clearly made to to make up for the movie. The, the other cool thing is that Jason. A kind of did an amount wait, 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 wait. Before you continue, what? I think you're leaning on the, the mute button because you're cutting in and out. Oh, no, I'm not, actually. Okay. Could just be the connection, maybe. Could be, could be. Go uh, but uh, Nick Fury is an amalgam of the you've known forever and the Sam Jackson Ultimates Nick Fury in that the character is, he's African-American in the cartoon, but he's... African American skin colored, but he's got hair and the white. He's got the white, you know, like the white streak, like Nick and the pack. So he's basically Robbie Nick Robertson. as a black guy. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, neat. So now, um, what is the animation style like? Is it um, detailed, like say a uh, Ben Ten, or is it uh, cartoon? Uh, I shouldn't say cartoonish. Is it more um, streamlined? No, it's it's. It- Evocative of the Wolverine and the X Men. Oh, okay. With- yeah. So, good, good stuff. He's going away again. Damn. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Uh-oh. It's Come crazy. Us, like, yeah. There, there he is. is, and there he goes. Damn it! <laughs> oh, He's doing no. the episode in Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. While we figure out what's going on with Jason, because I'm sure he's going to have to drop, we're going to have to reconnect him. While we're on the subject of animation, I want to give everybody a little tip and direct you to your local magazine rack, be it Borders or Barnes & Noble, and check out Giant Robot number 67. This is comic related, so just let me go for a second. Uh, There is an interview with Matt Fury. Matt Fury does a book called Boy's Life for the Pigeon Press that we talked about in the intro. But that's not why I want to pitch this book. I mean, you should get Matt Fury's um, comics just because, because he's great. Uh, There is a free game in this issue, a video game that will run on Macs and PCs. How about that? It's Flash-based, so it'll play on basically anything. It is one of the most addictive games I have ever played. It's a side-scroller. David, you like side-scrollers, right? I do. I do. (laughs) And it features 
Matt Fury's art and design. And if you, you are uh, the least bit familiar with Matt Fury, you know the kind of wacky off-kilter characters he creates. Uh, they're maniacal Muppets, I guess you can call them. He likes, his, his characters resemble Muppets in some sense, but they have this dark edge to them. Uh, very neat design, very, he's got a wonderful drawing style. And the game is called Return of the Quack. You are a duck riding on the back of a large duck and you shoot lasers, okay? And you go through this alien landscape and he'll throw like, malevolent popsicles at you and little hands with faces in the palms there are bees and just goofy really psychedelic looking creatures that come at you and it is so addictive i can't get past the first level you can, yes you can you can like in mario there's a flower a red flower that goes by and if you get that flower you get the the extra firepower and you can blow shit up and it, and you can let your laser um energize and shoot across the screen and it and it kills a lot more things it's more powerful it, it when the boss comes and the boss is this three-eyed monster with straggly hair and he's got purple skin and and like turquoise hair and it's really neatly drawn but it's a throwback to the old it's it's more detailed and and more vivid than an 8-bit game but it's a throwback to the old 8-bit style where you can you know you use the arrow keys to maneuver your duck across the screen up and down back and forth and you, and you shoot with whatever buttons like say the space bar it is so cool and it's free in this magazine the magazine's only 4.99 and you get this game and i've been playing it for a week well when i have the time i've been playing it playing it for a week and the damn thing never gets old and it's free so so go out and uh, yeah and uh, i mean even the, besides the game this magazine is loaded with japanese art and culture and uh related things uh vinyl toys and comics and it's only 4.99 and music it's only 4.99 get it uh, every popular newsstand or magazine rack will have it uh, giant robot number 67 it's asian pop culture and beyond and it should be on this on the display through october which means even if you're late you can probably still get it the first two weeks in november so go get it it's awesome free game on a cd and it's art cool yeah, it, it's functional cool. art because video, video oh good I got to write down giant robot number 67 in my little bookie book. book. Yeah, because yeah, I'm old and I forget shit like yep, that. Yep. Let's get Jason back. Reel the boy in. Yes. Oh, Jason. There he is. Hang on a second, buddy. Okay, we're all back. Jason. Oh, hey, hey, you sound, sound awful to me, though. We sound awful really? to you? Yeah. You sound awful to my connection. No, yeah, you, you sound, sound good. Really good. Mm. You sound wonderful. I just told him about Giant Robot 67, which includes a free video okay game. okay now. Good. Uh, drawn, created, I don't think it was programmed. No, I can't hear you now. Fuck. Designed and, and uh, illustrated by Matt Fury. So, who's next? I picked up something at, uh, at New York Comic Con that um, is going to be in the running for uh, for graphic novel of the year for me in our Ooh. eleven o'clockers. 
That's oh. odd that you say that because I read a story over the past week that will definitely be in the running. So let's compare after you're done. Go ahead. Well, mine is from uh, the fine folks at, at Top Shelf, and it's uh, it's from a, um, a favorite creator of mine. Uh, I think we've talked about, sorry, Georgia is, is going crazy <laughs> here. Kid. Yes, yes, Mommy just came in, so Georgie is, is all excited. Um, we, we've talked uh, in the past about The King by Rich Kozlowski. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, I this, this is his uh, uh, his new graphic novel with uh, with co-creator, and I'm gonna um, uh, what was it? It's J D Arnold uh, is writer with uh, with art by Rich Kozlowski, and it is B B Wolf and the Three LPs. Hmm. Which yeah, it, it, it looks great. Oh, it is absolutely gorgeous looking, and it's of course playing on a Big Bad Big Bad Wolf and the Three Little Pigs. Um, so. It's uh, um, uh, all anthropomorphic characters. BB uh, Wolf is is a wolf, um, and it the story takes place in um, in the South in Alabama is where it starts, and and BB Wolf is a blues a blues musician and kind of just a a, a roustabout guy that uh, uh, does have uh, a wife and and kids. And um, um, it's it, it it's definitely set in in like the um, the American South of I would say like the 1930s if I'm getting my my decades right. Um, here, hold on, Vince, can you pause for a second? <laughs> I'm having trouble focusing. <laughs> oh, go ahead, David and I. David and I. Spoon. Get, all right, get, give me give me just a second. Okay. All right. Hey, Jason. Hey. I'm here. I just you guys sound like you're fading in and out, so I don't know if I don't know. Well, you know, just ignore it's probably it. because I'm upstairs. Um, yeah. I mean, it says I have five bars, but obviously, it, the only thing different than normal is that I'm upstairs versus. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh. David. Yes, sir. Did you get to read Strange Tales two number one? No, I didn't get it yet. It's it's oh. coming from DCBS. I'm I'm ordering the three issues through them. I hope one of you guys read it. No, what Jason's going to no. wait for the hardcover, and I don't know if Chris is also. Oh my God! I well, cannot wait. You, and, Heard it was and, awesome, though. and rightly so, Jason. You have read a shitload of Wolverine stories in your time. I have not read <laughs> read nearly as many, but I, I am many. more. I am more than familiar with the character, and this story in here by Raphael Grandpa. It is probably the best character study of Logan I have ever read. Jesus. Wow. Okay. By wow. far. Uh, not only is it gorgeous, I mean, we all know Raphael Grandpa's style. Yes. The man is, is just, he's, he's working with that Jerry Cornelius airtight garage Mobius, like that linear shading. Oh technique that that but he also switches it up like there there's some panels where he goes full all out brush where it looks like he's pressing it right down to the I don't know the word for it but the metal clasp that holds the brushes together it looks like he's digging that brush right into the illustration board it is friggin it is a orgasm for the eyes it's gorgeous and Jason will love it because they got they have Wolverine set up in this mutant fighting league 
uh, and it's mutants that have the healing factor. So they, they get ripped to shreds every week, every time they fight. And it doesn't matter because they just heal again. And that's, that's the, 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 the key to the story. It's all about Wolverine's processing of pain. And one of the combatants that Wolverine fights is Deadpool's son. Oh, oh, Deadpool's son, uh, really? Yeah, oh, it is. Oh. It's a, it's amazing. I mean, uh, Junior, St- he he pincushions him. He's st- he's standing there in one panel. He's got knives in his legs, through his chest, coming out of his gut. He's got hypodermic needles and darts in his shoulder. He's bleeding like all over the place. And that's the the gist of the story that Wolverine has become so inured to the pain that he needs the pain for pleasure. And and he sure. he he not only does he need the pain to put on the show for the people, but pain has become a way of feeling for logan and uh he's there's one two three three panels that are absolutely terrifying and shows the depths that logan has has sunk to he has a a woman who has left him and i guess he had forced her to chop him to bits during sex with an ice pick wow and there's a panel there's a panel with her sitting at the foot of the bed covered head to toe with blood and the entire panel's red and she's crying and her eyes are wide open thinking i'm at the bottom and i'm looking up i i cannot sink lower than this and logan's laughing he's 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 got holes in every part of him and blood just streaming out of him and he's laughing this is an amazing, amazing story, and David will love it because the claws come out in the right parts. Yay! At, yay! And when they come out, Logan bleeds. Wow! Oh, oh there yes. you go. Yeah, and it's it's just about how Logan needs the pain yeah. because he's unfeeling at this point in his life, or so we think. When you get to the end, you'll see why there are some things that Logan just would rather not feel but it, it's an amazing story but I'll, we'll go into more of it after chris so chris is back he's back right. baby yes i'm settled in craziness around that we're getting ready to adopt a, a new dog this week yay so. oh are you really awesome. Awesome. yeah 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 we found a found a a, a pretty awesome boy at uh, animal rescue so um it's we're not there yet but uh but maybe tomorrow so sweet all Good. sorts of planning going you, buddy. on in the house here. So, yes, we'll see. Fingers crossed. So, anyway, let me restart. Um, B.B. Wolf and the Three LPs it is from Top Shelf and is by uh, J.D. Arnold, uh, does the writing, and Rich Kozlowski handles art duties. And it takes place um, primarily in Money, Mississippi, 1920. Now, Get money. Uh, um, BB Wolf is the is the main character. He's th- these are all anthropomorphic characters, um, you know, just like Black Sad, any of that. So, um, so, so you, you basically have um, two classes in 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 this book. You have you have wolves and pigs, and so it's all a big. You know, it's it's framed around the the. Uh, Three little pigs, and you know, big bad wolf, and the three little pigs. Um, but that—that's just kind of the framework. It's—it's—it's it's, it's really more of a story about uh, about um, race relations in the 1920s. Um, the the wolves are are the blacks, and the pigs are uh, are the whites, and 
it, it all takes place in in the South, and so you know racism is is pretty rampant, and you have you know not not just um, race relations, but also you know class class wars of you know haves and have nots, and BB um, Wolf is is a farmer by day and a blues musician by night, and the um, um, uh, the bank is trying to um, kind of have a forced foreclosure on his house. They're trying to buy up property, and and he's refusing to sell his farm. And they find a, a, a loophole in how to take his farm away from him. And the entire town kind of rallies around him and and his family, and to, to not let this happen. Well, the 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 evil the evil pigs and the the, the evil corporation. Um, won't uh, won't have it and uh uh bb's family ends up um um uh, dying because of uh, uh they basically torch his property and mm-hmm. so now he goes out looking for revenge in between playing these these awesome you know blues uh blues clubs and he finds out that uh um that the the pig that was uh, behind the death of his family is is a pig called Little Pig is is his name and so he he takes out he takes out Mister Mister Little Pig and uh, and then uh, ends up going on the lamb because the law is after him. Well, he finds out that it goes higher and 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 farther beyond this Little Pig that he's actually um, one of three brothers who uh-huh. are. Are part of um, uh, an organized crime family that goes all the way to the oldest little pig who lives in Chicago. So his next stop is that he has to go to, to St. Louis and and uh, ends up um, through a, a series of events actually being um, uh, a heavy, being a, a wolf uh, with uh, heavy shoes, I guess, working for the the middle little pig. When he finds this out, he devises a plan to to take his to take his revenge on the little pig family and then eventually it takes him all the way to Chicago to the head little pig and as we know the the how the fairy tale uh or the fable ends well you can guess that um it's the it's the third little pig that is the most prepared for for the big bad wolf um it, it's it's a really interesting story um uh it, it moves things along gets a little gory um i hope you're not opposed to a uh, pig violence um <laughs> i dig on swan if you dig on swan <laughs> yeah there's there's many a uh, many a uh, ham hock that uh that are severed in this but it's um um you know like i said it's it's really more about about America in the 1920s and and civil rights of the time, and so you have some really heavy issues that are that are framed by these you know anthropomorphic characters, kind of think you know Animal Farm like um, in, in that respect. Um, Kozlowski's art is probably, and this is a I, I love Rich Kozlowski's art. It's never looked this good. I mean, it wow, that's is, strong praise. It is an absolutely beautiful graphic novel it's all it's all gray toned and is just it's it is absolutely beautiful um the story was rock solid art is amazing um and if you like uh if you like the blues there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of music throughout it um it's yeah it was i i finished it up and i was like wow okay this is 
here here's an eleven eleven o'clocker finalist. I was I was wow. really impressed with awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I cool. did mean to get that. It's just that um I think uh, I was about to buy it and then I think Chris gave some other Yahoo like a, like the a last copy for free. So yeah, yeah, yeah so I, I I couldn't buy it. <laughs> some Yahoo. <laughs> it's 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 good. I, I think I think you guys will dig it. So so great. And uh, it's it's not expensive. It's uh thirteen bucks, twelve ninety five, and it's a hardcover. That's the hardcover, yeah, because it's also available in soft, right? Uh, I'm not for sure if it is or not. I think there was also like a limited edition with maybe. Is there music? I don't know. No, there they there was a uh, it had a nice layout on the table with, mm-hmm. with everything else they got. Yeah, it's nice. it's yeah, it's it's gorgeous. You know, just from it's um um it's really more finished pencils than uh, looks like it's finished pencils and a little bit of brushwork rather than than really heavily inked. So it's um there's a softness to it that uh, um that really makes it, it it feels old. It feels like um like artwork from the 1920s. Wow. Ooh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really pretty. So it's on the list. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you all all of you guys would dig it. Yeah, it and you know, like something I would like. Yeah, like I said, it, it's funny that you should say that it's in the running for your eleven o'clockers because this issue of Strange Tales two is definitely going to be in the running for one of those. Best what do we have? Issue. Best single issue. Yeah, it's it's wow. up there. Because, yeah, I uh, I wonder the rest of us may not because I, I don't know when the hardcovers. I mean, oh, well, it's right. already October, so we won't. It won't be in the running for us, I guess. Mm, so well, you may be the sole advocate oh, for that one. Yeah, well, among us, but I think there's going to be others on the forum mm-hmm. that will yeah. vote for this. But uh, it, let me just give you a little rundown of what's in here. Aside from the Grandpa story, which is a bit of an anomaly as far as this first issue goes, because most of the the uh, contributions are are humorous. There, there's really nothing funny about this Wolverine story. It's, it's friggin' brutal. Uh, it, it bounces back and forth from surreal to, uh, realistic battles in the ring and you get the, uh, internal monologue of Wolverine. It, it's a really good story. Well, he's, he's perfect done, for Wolverine. I mean, with, oh, with yeah. Mesmo delivery and I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's yeah. same exact wheelhouse, right? This just ultra violent, exaggerated movement, you know, just, uh, it's great. Wait. And he does more in eight pages than uh, the hundred issues of Wolverine that I've read. Uh, th- this is one of those everything you need to know about the characters right here on the page. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny you're talking it- about this because uh, you're finding me at a time, a rarer time where I'm I'm feeling like there's way too much Wolverine right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if this is the last right word now. on Wolverine for me, <laughs> I I will be very content. Oh. Just because just, I, fucking Wolverine is involved in every goddamn Marvel story now, like, he, but even ones yeah. that he doesn't need to be, like, he, like, I don't want to give, like, our, you guys are all reading, well, Chris isn't, I'm sure, but but the rest of you, you're reading, you're reading up to date with uh, the uh, Avengers, right? The, with the, uh, yeah. the new no, Avengers? Not, not not the new Avengers, no, I'm I'm a couple issues behind, okay. I think. Yeah. Well, let's just yeah, say man. Wolverine takes a front and center role in this arc that I don't fathom why he needed to, since it's an arc about the mystic arts. Yes. Like, if I had to pick one of all the Avengers that have the least to do with magic, <laughs> like, the one thing, you know, it's like Superman, right? Like, Superman's vulnerable to magic, so that's just, like, what the fuck does Wolverine have to do with magic? And then, like, he's front and center in this arc, and then in Shadowland, it's like, he's in Shadowland, it's like, really? Like, what? Is he? Holy shit. Yeah. How has yeah, how like, how, how Shadowland been? He asks that every time somebody mentions it. I love it. I love it. It's, well, you know, I've, I've read Daredevil pretty much 
for the majority of my comic book life, and I, I just I I decided I jumped off. It, like first time, you know, first time since I've like been act, you know, actively reading comics. I'm not reading Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I read just, I just read the uh, the second issue of the new Wolverine series that they mm-hmm. you know curiously Jay's, Jason Aaron's still writing it, so I don't know why they bothered they relaunched it again. Like they just relaunched it what a year ago, Wolverine Weapon X, and then after ten issues they relaunched it again, and it's still Aaron writing it, and now it's just Wolverine. So I just read the second issue of that and the second issue of Dark of Doc and Dark Wolverine, and mm-hmm. I know Dave is going to fall out of his chair. Two issues in, Dark Wolverine Dokken is. Oh, oh, in every aspect, in every respect, <laughs> you cut out. Damn, you cut out right before you said what he is. <laughs> that was actually oh, really? it is. Yeah, and nothing. Way better. I... Way better. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's way better. Not. Oh, I don't know. I I I never really bought into Wolverine. Maybe back in the Chuck Dixon days, mm-hmm. I read it. But I, it's one of those characters that I never really stuck to because he was in everything else. You didn't, at least as far as I'm concerned, I didn't have to read the Wolverine solo book because I got him an X-Men and I got him an right. Uncanny. And yeah, yeah I, 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 I like, I do like the character. I mean, right. he's, a, he's a, a, a fixture in the Marvel Universe who really can't go anywhere without encountering Wolverine. So I do, I do really like Jason Aaron's Wolverine. I think he, yeah. he probably understands the character, um, as well as anyone. And what's this best there is? Ooh, did I hear a... Uh-huh. Um, I just think he's gone a little f- off the plantation lately. I don't know. I mean, this new okay. arc is... I guess one of the problems, again, with any character, but I think Wolverine, because he is in so many books, suffers from... And I'm a huge Wolverine fan, as you guys know, but he just... It's hard to create a story... I think he's better as a supporting castmate. Because... Kim, who he is, are relatively surface level, right? He he's he's really like the he's kind of like the physical embodiment of like the superhero id. Like he he's you know he can't be killed. He's the begrudging hero. He's got that 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 I didn't. So he's that he's that. Um, I never played D anD D, but he's. You know, like the he's like that X factor you throw into the mix, right? Like the brawler, the he's the, the berserker. berserker, right? Yeah, yeah the yep. berserker, right? And and that's cool. And like, there's a lot to him in in doses, and 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 he's always good for a quip. And you know, he he's 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 got that sam. So there's, I think, in as a as an undercurrent to a story, he can be real cool. But when he's front and center, man, it's real hard because he's so deadly, and he's and he's everybody knows that he's pretty much. At least in in the way that Marvel has him these days, in, immortal, right? I mean, he can't. Mm-hmm. It's a way to beat them, and, and he can't get killed. Um, that, like, with what Jason Aaron's doing, Jason Aaron, as you know, I, I think he's a great writer, and and I I I I, I think he's a fine job, I guess. But this this is two issues in, and the arc is essentially that. Uh, and this is in the solicit so i hope i'm not spoiling anything for people but basically wolverine goes to hell that's what the i mean that says it right on the cover wolverine goes to hell so hopefully i'm not (laughs) hell and he has to fight his way out of hell presumably kind of like a dante's inferno type of thing which is fine but you know it's just like as someone who has read hundreds of wolverine appearances it's like you know 
how many times can you read a story where Wolverine's berserker so that he's being portrayed effectively as a villain, but at the end of it, you know it's going to be like, oh, it's okay because you were possessed. I mean, you know, realistically, like, times can they let a guy be a serial killer and murder people that he's close to and then just be like, oh, but it wasn't his fault because he was possessed or he was, you as know... As many times as it takes, Jason. As yeah, many times. but I mean, but, you know, we're kind of like, the... Aaron's just treading on familiar ground yeah. again. Like, it's just like, yeah. he's possessed by the devil, so he's... Basically, the, the, the twist is that Wolverine's soul, if you will, is in hell trying to fight his way out. And while that's happening, his body is on Earth wrecking shop a la, like, Enemy of the State style. But it's like, dude, we had Enemy of the State. You know, we yeah. had Enemy of the State. We, we've had him as a, as a horseman of the apocalypse, and we've had him go in a berserker raid. So it's like, okay, like, great, his body, and it's not his soul anymore. It's not really him. So that's the out, right? It's going to be like, oh, geez, thank God my soul's back in my body. I'm so sorry I just killed these hundred people over the last few months. Like, it's just... <laughs> You know, I mean, he would. It's just, it's just. I don't know. I just feel like I, I I've think read they're, him killing people so many times. You know, they're nearing the threshold of what they can do with Wolverine. Yeah, when, that's when, the thing. when, He's in when some of the so, best right. stories over the past year are year or years are stories featuring Wolverine in a role we are not accustomed to seeing him, like an Enemy of the State. Fantastic story, but that was yeah. Different because it's not really Wolverine. It's 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 a Wolverine. What if? So now they're relegated to doing these weird off kilter Wolverine stories because they've pretty much done everything they can do with them. Yeah, which and, raises and, the question: If you've done everything there is to do with the character, and you're search, you're groping for new directions to push him, why put him in every fucking book? Doesn't that kind of him, money sells. That kind of hands? Well, yeah, okay. money sells. I mean, he sells right. That's the ultimate. Sure. I mean. But, but I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, and, and again, this is an old school thing. Um, hopefully, I'll get a high five from Dap. I like Wolverine, and I have read <laughs> stuff. I like. I'll, I'll read a, a mediocre Wolverine book and be perfectly fine with that, just because I love the character. But to me, because there are Wolverine books, and he is an X. Like, I don't need him in, in the Avengers, and I certainly don't need him in two Avengers books. Like, I like that's like just put. He doesn't. Why is he got to be on the Avengers? Just let's. He was on the Avengers. New Avengers, but that's over now. Like we just re- like take him off the team. He doesn't. Yeah, need and there to be was there a reason why he was in New Avengers because he was needed. Yeah, they, they totally. Needed, they and needed, a, the they needed somebody kind of who would. Yeah, yeah after absolutely. that one story it went on for what seven years, right? And it, yeah, and but it enough. Good. It was good. enough. But yeah, yeah it just um, and, and I'm probably feeling this way just because I read an, a boatload of comics this week, and and literally today on the way to and from work, I read four different books, only one of which, his own book, where he was. A central character, and in three of them, I thought, really? I mean, because these are ensemble casts with tons of great characters that are basically just standing around doing nothing. We can't we have Wolverine in the background, just maybe making a quip for a panel, and he can be the guy doing nothing in the. You know, it's just yeah. I don't know. Uh, let me finish out this Strange Tales too, and then sure. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but uh, one more thing about the the Grandpa story: the colors are impeccable. And and it's it's not the garden variety palette for Wolverine. There's a, a panel that's amazing. It's Wolverine fighting Deadpool Jr. and they're in a ring. And it's Grandpa uses like a light teal, maybe a teal mixed with gray and pink. Those aren't colors you would expect to see in a, in a Wolverine story. It's amazing. You, I, I can't praise this story enough. It's it's so far beyond uh, your typical Wolverine story that it needs to be experienced. But the inside front cover features a story by uh, Rubberneckers Nick Bertozzi, 
great cartoonist. Yeah. And it's yeah. a it's about a uh, pretend watcher. There's a, a guy who he's called Fake Watcher, and he's in jail. <laughs> and I, I won't say tell you anything else about the the comic, but the first panel has uh, Zola and the Shocker in the same cell with this uh, Fake Watcher, and they're making him dance. And and Zola says, "Shake that little money maker, bitch!" And the Shocker says, "Me gusta." <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're looking at him, and the shocker has his hands up like he's hot, like he's fanning himself on the heat coming from the watcher's shaking butt. It's funny as hell. <laughs> but uh, there's a uh, Joan and Vasquez story in here, another Wolverine story. You know Joan and Vasquez, the uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Mm-hmm. The, there's a Jeff Lemire story, and yes, I think I yes. I think I spoiled it last time, so I won't tell you how it. I won't tell you the character, but my favorite, Dash Shaw's in here. Yeah. And he, he does a Spider-Man story that uses a color palette very close to the additive process of printmaking. He uses process color, like the cyan, magenta, uh, yellow, and black, and the way they're laid in on the panel, it looks like a print like he he laid the yellow down in a very fine almost transparent way and then he put the 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 magenta on top of it it looks like a print it's awesome and it 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 fits because he also uses a little dot pattern in the panel which evokes the printing process am i breaking up oh yeah a little bit yeah yeah. all right uh frank santoro's in here go i'm sorry Uh, take it away the um as far as just jump back a minute, um, I've I haven't read as many Wolverine stories as Jason. I do like the character. I do agree with Jason where, as far as the adventures go and 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 the character being and everything, there have been some great stories like you guys mentioned in me the state. And there have been some. I mean, when you when you get to a point where you've done everything with Wolverine you can, or you're going you're bound to tell some really not so good stories. We end up with things like Evolution, but you have the um, I think the high point. I, I mean, I've I've been reading the character for a long time now, but I think the high point for me was ages ago when you had Larry Hama writing it, Mar Silvestri doing the pencils, and and you had LCD, and 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 it, it was just, that was that was a fun Wolverine time for me. That was before mm-hmm. the the ripping off of of the metal and and the bone claws and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's there's can be. I mean, I. You know, if if there's a lot of a certain character, you know, then I just decide what I am or am not going to read. I, I enjoyed the first arc in Weapon X. I enjoyed the the. Uh, I'm still reading the Deathlock arc in Weapon X. So I'm you know I'm I'm I, I I'm a Jason Aaron fan and and I do. Uh, but you know, the Ghost to Hell is does that does that also tie into Dark Wolverine and, and X-23, or are those... It, it, in fact, and I didn't realize that until I read the second issue of both and said, oh, okay. it, yeah, it, it is a tie-in, yeah. Okay. Yes. So. The, uh, um, before I forget, I received a couple of mini-comics from forum member, Nice and Blue, who uh, whose name is Kyle, and it is, there are two issues of Step sequence numbers one and two, and when I say mini comics, they they are mini comics. They are slightly larger than than an index card, and and it's it's uh I don't know it's uh, eight twelve maybe 
like eight or ten pages each and, and they had a cool little thing. And and I also received a robot Spider Man sketch card. Nice. It is, it is way cool. So so thank you for that, Kyle. Um one book I read before um I I know Vince is not a, a fan of, of of this creator, but um <laughs> I I read I didn't know this was this was an original graphic novel, even though it says it right on the cover. I thought it was a, a collection of uh of a previous miniseries. John Sable Freelance, Ashes of Eden. Uh it is it's it's a standard, typical, traditional John Sable story. If 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 you are not familiar with the character, um John Sable is a is a mercenary who also masquerades as a children's author whose name is B.B. Flem and he dons a, a, a blonde wig and puts on a mustache and wears glasses. So um, he kind of does have a secret identity. But but as John Sable, people know him, people hire him out uh, for security, for, uh, for, for what works, things like that. And this is about Mike Grell. I don't think Mike Grell and I would kind of see eye to eye politically but i think the end result we we kind of we, we we agree on um mike gold was the editor for this story mike gold is his editor from back in the day when john sable was published under first comics um it really you know the, the character kind of hasn't missed a beat as far as the story goes any story that i read back in the 80s it you know it the timing there are things that are relevant to, to this day and age, but it's still, it still, it works seamlessly in, in the two eras. There are a lot of, um, real world connections in this book. There's this talk of, um, the, the diamond mines in Africa. There's a character in here. Her name is Bashira and John Sable recognizes her and, and he sees, um, actually he recognizes her eyes and she was, um, she was the, uh, Apparently, she was the face of war from from a uh, from a magazine cover, which is basically like that little girl that National Geographic had on the cover years and years and years ago. That very famous photo. Uh, so it's it's a takeoff on that. There's talk about um, it. It the way the book was put together, which is why I didn't know it was a graphic novel. I thought I was waiting for the the issue breaks in in the book, and they never came. So that, that that's when I realized that. This was all published for this book. And I've been reading comics for a few years now, and there are <laughs> th- there were some tricks that Grell pulled in here. The two-page spreads really didn't work extremely well because of the um, of the binding in the trade. Pages were kind of tight. There, there are no, everything is to the edge of the page. It's full bleed, so there's no gutters. Uh, but the way the panels are laid out, the way I tend to read my books, I, I think I would know how to read, but it 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 gets it got a little confusing because I guess I was supposed to not follow the way the images go, but where the word balloons are in each panel. So if a word balloon covered the edges of two panels, and my eyes would normally go to the right to read the next panel, if the word balloon 
if somebody was speaking and that word balloon was connected to the panel below it, then I was supposed to go to the bottom and then mm. read the top. So there was That's some wonky. tricks. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, it's still, it, it still worked. I mean, you know, getting from point A to point B, we still did, but just there, there were, there were some bumps along the way. Um, it's, I don't know if it's something I'd say if, if you've never read a John Sable book. I don't know if I'd say this is the book to start that with. There, um, the, the, the last page tells you that, um, I mean, this sort of, this story is self-contained. It's all here, but it, the last page says that John Sable Freelance will return with, um, in Rules of the Hunt. So, so the John Sable story will continue. Uh, it's, yay. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's Mike Grell. He, it's still, he, he's, he's an artist who, um, you know, it's, you can't mistake. It's like Alan Davis. You're not going to mistake Mike Grell's artwork. Right. Um, it, it is what it is. It's still, he, he can draw some, some beautiful women. Sometimes the faces may not be as, as beautiful, but it's, the, the fight scenes are okay. It, actually, a lot of it reminds me. Jesus Christ! Um, a lot of it reminded me, especially when it got to some gorier spots with, with the bullets flying. Vince, you remember uh, Evangeline? Yes, I do. Yeah, a lot of the scenes when 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 you know people are flying around and and they got guns blazing, some of those scenes reminded me of that. Just the way oh. that you know, here it is that they're shot, they're dead, they fall to the ground, you move on. There's, there's it's not like it, it's not Bruce Willis blockbuster action when somebody gets shot and they go, you know, flying 30 feet back and things right. like that. Uh, because Mike Grell is a hunter and he knows guns, he knows weapons and and the the, the fight scenes, the the firearm scenes, they uh they're they're realistic. So it and in that case if they may not be as dynamic because they're just they're more yeah, it's like when you watch a fight or or when you Watching in a movie, there, there there are a few differences, but it's still, it takes place in New York for the most part, and um, it was a pretty cool mystery. I I don't, you know, I I might be harping on it a bit, or I might be saying the cons outweigh the pros, but I I, I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, like I said I I do like John Sable. I remember the character from back in the day. It was a nice, it, it was nice to revisit it. So I right. I'd recommend it, but I it, only if probably more so if, if you're familiar with the character. Yeah, I don't dislike Mike Grell. Right. I just don't like his stuff all that much. Right. That's you know what I mean? It's kind of like Kurt Swan. I would never say that Kurt Swan was not a competent draft, Absolutely. draftsman. Right. It just, just doesn't he, do it for you. His stuff just does not light a fire under me. It just, yeah, I, I, I don't, I can't see the magic in it. It's, it's very good and it, it completes the task of illustrating the story very successfully it's just i just it the, there's no magic connection with me at all in mike Rell stuff like when everyone back in the day was freaking out over longbow hunters i was like yeah no yeah it, whatever no, it, I, I, no. <laughs> it, it's okay it, it it's certainly pretty in spots it just i i just don't i i'm not I don't bond with the work at all. There's no magical hand that reaches out and draws me yeah. in. It's actually, not, it my, may be my, my fault. My big appreciation for Mike Grell has been uh, reading the uh, um, uh, the Legion, the Superboy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Even though are, he got, got coetted a couple times. I <laughs> said about that. It's um, a... <laughs> That's, that's a stinky. I've been collected. 
Um, there are two things in this book that Vince would probably appreciate. One is boobies. There's a bit of nudity going on. Yeah, here. can't go wrong with boobies. Right. And uh, and lettered by Mr. John Workman. Oh, boy, there you go. Yeah. That's a, a, a tick in the win column. Yes, it is. Anything, Any comic you can read with a Workman uh-huh. lettering uh, job is a good comic. I well, I tell you, if, if, there's, if there's one thing that... I've started to gain a huge appreciation for over the last uh, two, probably two years or so, is recognizing and appreciating hand lettering. Yep. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's just something I'm I'm becoming more and more attuned to, and whenever I see it, it's like, man, it yeah, it makes a difference. I I I I miss hand lettering on on a lot of comics. Just to finish. What I started, this uh, Frank Santoro Silver Surfer story that's in the Strange Tales two number one is it looks like it's hand lettered, and 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 I appreciate far more when an artist, even who doesn't have a particularly pretty lettering style like Dashaw, uh, there, there's nothing very stylish about. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's nothing eloquent about his lettering style it's matter of fact just it looks like he's just printing a, uh, as if he was corresponding with someone I, I i like that more than seeing computer fonts soulless mm-hmm. computer fonts yeah they they just strip any kind of uh humanity out of out of the, the the job whereas even if you get somebody with bad penmanship at least that's real yeah there, there's, there's that human fallibility and and imperfect imperfection in there that that I just I I love it and uh, you know where you really see that where in in indie books like small press books oh sure stuff. yeah and 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 that it, and it's a dead giveaway you have the the generic circular word balloon and then the straight line text that doesn't fill up the balloon you know mm-hmm. and uh, it just it takes so much of the character away I think yeah. of. Uh, you know, two artists that don't really get credit as brilliant letterers, uh, the Hernandez brothers. I love the, seeing their individual styles. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, and you can tell. That, I mean, it's it's immediately apparent who lettered. You know, the the balloon, but it's just that their personality comes through in 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 the font, the hand hand done font, like Workman. You know, a, a John Workman story. It's it's it strikes you like a baseball bat to the back of the head. Look at this! It's just the way the balloons are drawn and the way the words, the, the little lilt he has to some of his his text. It's great, and I understand why they use computer fonts because it's damn easy, and it's editable. If you screw up, you can go to you can stop the you know the press in seconds before it runs and just burn another another or I mean even digital. Just slap it on the on the on the thing. It's it's easy. It's fast. But yeah, I, there's something to be said about hand lettering. Uh, I love it. It's human. Yes. Yep. Human. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. No I more. Agree. No more about Strange Tales two. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next issue. Oh, it's great. Until someone else mentions something that jogs his memory about the first issue. There you go. I there know. You go. I'm sorry. Um, we love and there was this one time in Strange yeah. Tales 2. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome, wasn't it? Remember? Did, you drew that thing? Did anybody read, uh, and I know I may be 
treading on thin ice with some of the past performance, recent past performance of this gentleman. Anybody read Turok, Son of Stone, number one? If Bart Sears didn't draw it, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Nobody did read it? it? A, did it have a weak-ass, not real full edge-to-edge chromium cover? Stop. I'm just <laughs> Nice. So you all passed on this? Yes. Mm. I did. That's a shame. I know. Because it, it was good. Was it, all right, all right. Was, it, was it Magnus good or was it Dr. Solar good? Uh, it's <laughs> very so, nice. that, That's our new measuring. I need, I need no, scale, really. It's, was it's, it Solar it's, good or Magnus good? <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, Solar, the first issue we all know, not that great. Uh, but Shooter is slowly redeeming himself. I think maybe he was just tired when he wrote, read, when he wrote Solar number one. Because okay. this Turok's pretty good. It's 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 really neat, actually. He tweaks the origin a little bit from what we know of the, uh, of the Valiant days. Obviously, there's no unity involved, but um, does, uh, the, the Charlemagne or the good guy show up? Uh, no, oh, no, right. no, 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 no. Uh, he Turok stumbles upon a group of bloodthirsty Aztecs, as if there were any other kind of Aztecs, um, <laughs> attempting, <Damn> to, Aztecs. <laughs> attempting to attempting to bloodthirsty. <laughs> like Wolverine that way. Attempting to sacrifice a father and son to their god. They're all decked out with the whole altar. And the father creates a disturbance to buy time for Turok to rescue his son. And they they unfortunately kill the father. So Turok takes on a surrogate father role for the boy who he names Andar because the the tribe of uh, the boy's tribe do not like to utter their name aloud. It's that whole, if they know your name, they have power over your deal. So uh, Turok steps in and becomes a surrogate father to the boy, and they are pursued by these Aztecs because the god has not been appeased. There has been no blood sacrifice. There will be hell to pay if the god is not uh, properly uh, worshipped. So they pursue Turok and the boy, and just so happens that a very powerful electrical storm blows by, sucks the Aztecs, Turok, and Andar into it, and they are transported into what looks like a prehistoric land populated by pterodactyls, brontosaurus, and a particularly nasty T-Rex. It was really good. It, it's kind of a throwback. Shooter seems to be writing 1985, 86-ish. It, okay. it, it, it's kind of dialogue heavy in some spots. Uh, the action is great. The art was done by someone called Eduardo Francisco, and the colors by Jose Villarubia. Uh, also it, colors uh, Sweet Tooth. Yes. Yes. And it, it, it's not, oh. um, it, it's a little bit lodged halfway between Valiant style comic book storytelling and, and modern stuff. So if, if, I mean, if you're a fan of the Valiant stuff, you're home, baby, because Shooter's writing old style in some of this. Okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much. There's a, a nice little cliffhanger at the end with the potential for some curvaceous cuties next issue. Uh, there's dinosaurs and a lot of uh, intense action. It was great. It was 350 and you do get the vintage, I believe it was 1954, first Turok story. 
All right. Yeah, you you get the cool. or, the origin from fifty four. So it's like forty eight pages for three fifty. Now subsequent issues are not going to be forty eight pages. Look at I, you. I, I think uh, all sexy and stuff saying oh, subsequent. Man. <laughs> yeah, I I do believe that the standard dark horse size uh, issue is forty pages. That's what the Star mm-hmm. Wars ones were. So you get forty pages of art and story for three fifty. It's well worth it. I'm a sucker. I, I I'm giving Shooter the benefit of the doubt. You really for, are. You're all in. I love well, Valiant. He's got, he's, but he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Shooter has, Shooter has a track record here. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, he, there may have been. Yeah, Legion. I mean, well, no, but see, that's what I'm saying. Though he had a track record before that. Legion was kind of out of his hands. It, that that wasn't only him because of i mean he had a plan and then that was taken away from him for whatever reason however he wanted to behave so he but claims. before legion right before yeah. legion yeah all i know is bound. he tried to blame manipul for part of that and, and manipul's get bigger and bigger books at dc and it's like the high rising stars so i don't know how much i buy that but <laughs> anyway threw him under the well, bus he did, but yeah and bus. I, I think i think uh shooter was basically saying that that manipul's at that point at that time and still to this day had has has some things to learn as far as, and I don't know if I, I mean that, here's here's somebody see, who's but the yeah. but wait I, but here's somebody who's who's you know drawing a high profile book with with one of their big wigs and and you have I don't know if I'd listen to this guy who DC is is putting a lot behind or if I'm going to listen to the guy who's been in the industry longer than I've been around right so, right so he was throwing he was throwing his tenure around but you saw that Manipul stuff on Legion that was nowhere near bad. Or shot no, 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 that no. was friggin' amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, do you have? He's. I. I would. I think, as far as I know, as far as I'm concerned, Shooter's definitely got more good than bad with me. There's a lot of goodwill. Me too. No, I would me agree too. with that actually too. Oh, sure, yeah, I would agree with that. So I got. Um, I got a pleasant surprise and a little bit of a disappointment because I was overhyped for it. Which oh do you boy. want first? I want to hear the disappointment first because then yes. you can go out on an upswing. Yeah. Okay, and this is not a this is not a like a negative thing in that I didn't enjoy it. This is just a one of those cases where sometimes you're so excited for a particular something that mm-hmm. you probably put unfair expectations on it, and then it doesn't quite deliver on that. So you know, had you gone in uh, Tabula Rasa, you probably would have come out enjoying it just Blank fine. Slate. Blank slate. And that was uh, that was Knight and Squire. By uh, oh, oh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I I I know the characters mainly through Morrison, right. run on Batman. Um, I I if they've been in other, if other writers have written them, I I'm not I don't think I've read them in that. Um, but uh, Paul Cornell, who is a Brit, um, and is one of DC's you know new exclusive guys. He left from he left Marvel and went to DC. Um. You know, I, I've I've liked what he's done, and certainly I loved Captain Britain and MI13. So this was his chance to do a British-themed book. Um, you know, at DC, uh, I thought it would be kind of cool. Uh, they, for those that don't know, Knight and Squire are effectively the British analog for Batman and Robin. Um, yes. And then the book came out, and a couple podcasts I listened to this week raved about the first issue um, as though it was just brilliant. So I really sat down to read it today and thought, wow, this is going to be just just balls fun, and uh, it really just didn't do it for me. To be honest, it um, it, it, it takes place it, again thematically. It's kind of a cool concept. There, they they the story takes place in a pub in England where there's a magic spell such that, that um, superheroes and villains hang out there and booze it, but they can't hurt each other because of the magic spell, which you know has potential. But it was I thought 
really boring for a first issue of a new series. Nothing happens. You're basically introduced to a bunch of British superheroes with clever British-type names and plays on things, but there's no action to speak of until the very end of the book when the spell wears off. Yeah, Um, it was a lot of sense on no stake. Yeah, and and you, you get some insight into Squire as a character, but you get almost nothing of Knight. I mean, Knight basically sits at the bar and broods, which understandably maybe is part of the persona since he's the Batman analog, but um, I just, I'm just fascinated, frankly, that so many people raved about the book, and it was one of those things where after I read it, I thought, now are they raving about this book because they feel like they should be raving about this book, you know, because <laughs> it's or cool. See or see something that you don't. It wasn't really, because it's just, I, I, after I got done those pages, I said that was it. There, was, I didn't really, there wasn't really a story. It didn't really leave me with any kind of um, cliffhanger that I'm dying to see the next issue, um, which certainly wasn't the case with Captain Britain, which I thought was fantastic from start to finish. So that was the, again, I, I didn't, the art's fine, and 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 there are moments in it. Um, I really wish one of the, I really wish we were introduced to heroes named Banger and Mash because I think that would be great, but we weren't. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, you know, I just, but it just fell short of of what I probably too lofty expectations. Um, now the pleasant surprise um, is Deadpool Max. Wow, Ooh. really? That, did any of you guys read it? No. No. Well, so it's written by who is a much bigger favorite of your three than mine, which is written by David Lapham. Ooh. Right. Yes. Uh, illustrated right. by. Right. Illustrated by, this is where I was nervous, Kyle Baker. <laughs> now, again, for those that, as we've talked about, talk about having goodwill, Kyle Baker, when he's on his game, is a maestro. You bet. Uh, I think we yes. can all agree. But as we've also talked about recently, including a, a recent issue of, of Deadpool, what was it? Uh, it's either Merc with a Mouth. Or, yeah, it was Merc with a Mouth. Um, Kyle Baker has fallen in love with Poser, yeah. and of late, I hate that Kyle program. Baker stuff mm-hmm. I've seen has not at all evoked the Kyle Baker stuff that I came to love years ago. Right. So when actually to the point where when I saw that this was a Deadpool set in the in the Marvel Max world and written by Lapham, who I'm not certainly nowhere near as big a fan as you guys are, and then drawn by Baker, I almost didn't order it, despite my Deadpool love, but I think DCBS had had it on sale for like 99 cents or something. So I gave it a try, and I'm really pleasantly surprised, mainly because um, it's not Poser Kyle Baker. Yay. It's Kyle Baker drawing the way Kyle Baker knows how to draw. It's, it's you know, cartoony and and and, and, uh, and, 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 vi- and vibrant and exaggerated and um, you know, it 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 even it really you know it reminds you of of what I think great Kyle Baker should, which is you know has a little bit of that Paul Pope vibe to it. Um, frankly, it, it looks a little bit at places like Grampa, you know, who I'm sure has has taken a lot of inspiration from people like Pope and, and Baker. Um, it yeah. was it, so the art was terrific and a real pleasant surprise. I mean, the art alone makes I think worth checking out if you're a fan of of the Kyle Baker that you know and love from from bygone times. Uh, I don't know if this is the case if he was just more into this book or uh, you know or he just was. Trying with that poser photorealistic and decided to do something a little bit different for this particular book because it's in a different universe. But whatever he's whatever caused him to go back to uh, relying on his 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 own eye, um, it was a welcome change. Now the book, in terms of content, those that are familiar with Lapham um, can kind of guess that it's you know Deadpool's already pretty much a maniacal over-the-top character in the mainstream Marvel Universe, so imagine that if you're going to make him a, a Max version, you need to make him be 
completely out there, and and the story is definitely out there. It, it is very stereotypical Lapham, but it works because um, I think if you're reading that particular book, you ha- you're assuming it's like that, and it is. So you're not shocked or surprised. I mean, it's it's very it's you know very adult. Um, it basically the 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 premise is Deadpool has to go into the high rise in New York where Hammerhead, who's the head of the Magia, is holed up, and they want him to assassinate Hammerhead. Um, and Hammerhead's con- kind of gone like Howard Hughes. He never leaves the building anymore, so they have to get him in there. And Bob, the Hydra agent, is, <laughs> is involved. And, uh, nice. And, uh, just, and and to, to show you how much it's Max, uh, the, the, I think the book in the first few pages opens up with Bob laying nude and bruised in bed with a very with with Hammerhead's male head of security, and he's oh, basically shit. the guy's uh, uh, gay love slave. You're kidding <laughs> and, me, Bob! And, I never uh, I never would have pegged Bob. Yeah, so <laughs> someone uh, else was pegging Bob. Yeah, um, they should have so, called yeah, his I, friend Neil. It's, ah. it's, this is a yeah, it's completely over the top in all respects uh, book, and it was largely a one and done. Um, so it's a mini series, so I presume each issue will maybe be a different mission. This was. The Hammerhead mission begins and ends in this book, so um, it was interesting. I, I again, I like Deadpool, and I was kind of in the mood for something a little raw, so this this hit that spot. Uh, certainly not a book that's for everybody, but if you're a fan of Lapham and Stray Bullets and that sort of thing, or, um, or you know, or you like that 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 ilk, this is certainly right up your alley. And and for those of you that may be turned off because you're worried it's the Kyle Baker we saw doing Hawkman, it's the Kyle Baker that we saw doing Special Forces. So nice. Maybe he had a hard drive crash or something, and he lost the poster. <laughs> lost the poster. Maybe. But welcome back is all I have to say. Welcome yeah, back. I can understand fledgling artists guys that are a little bit nervous about the uh anatomy and 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 getting you know blocking the scene outright and for different perspectives and viewpoints and stuff you great use it as a tool but not baker i mean if there's anybody who has proven that he has the the mojo to do great comics it's kyle yeah. baker get rid of that freaking maybe he'll look at the response uh, to this and just say i ain't never going back to that poser again because i don't need it yeah it was it was terrific good for cool. you kyle baker Welcome back, like Jason said. You know it. You know this. By the way, you know how I was how I was upstairs because of my kids, as I was saying. Yeah. Well, I had I had to bounce because I heard my son up there screaming for me. Where are Where are you, mommy, daddy? Where are you? So uh, I came back down because of the connection. Now I'm back down because I was having connection problems before, and and I had to pay the price by my son screaming in 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 fear of being alone. <laughs> uh, George, Georgia does the same thing here. I'm sure she does. I'm sure you do too, Chris. Uh, yes, I do. I, I, I wake Mama? up. Yeah. Mama! Mama! Now, be, before we descend into uh, whatever, <laughs> David and, and I now just want back wanted... to Strange Tales too. No, da- David, and, uh, uh, an artist that should be, maybe he will be in issue two or three, uh, an artist David and I talked to at... Uh, this year's New York Comic Con and we perused his portfolio and oh my god does this guy have the stuff he is as solid a designer as he is an illustrator and that's Wando have you, have you ever read the uh, the, the, the one shots he did with Tom Bland with uh, the thing yeah, the, FF? At, oh, the, yeah. the, the FF and it was Spider-Man Isla de la Muerte yes. Yes. Yeah. oh my god God, those are gorgeous. great. Unbelievable. Yeah. I haven't read the latest one, but no, uh, yeah, I, the first but two. I don't get it. Yeah, but uh, as David and I are flipping through them, uh, I noticed 
that he would give a little bit of a nod here and there in his designs to uh, vintage exploitation film one yes. sheets, and yes. and I said I said you you, you love in the exploitation films. He's like oh yeah, and I, I we bonded. I, I could have reached across <laughs> the table and just gave him a big old hug. And he loves the dot pattern, which again uh, you're okay with me. But did you see his cover? To uh, Iron Man Legacy number ten, yeah, that was it's it the clock motif. Is that the um, initiative? Uh, members of the initiative, at, at, at where the numbers should be, the um, Avengers Initiative group. Because I, I, some of them look familiar. I don't know who many of them are, but uh, it, you have a vintage old style horned mask Iron Man in the center, and there's this clock motif, and there's characters around him, and he designs the shit out of it with the type and the dot pattern. It's amazing. Uh, I would buy this. It, you know, even uh, Fred Van Lente's writing it, so you know it's going to be good. Yeah. And uh, but Wando, I'm sorry we didn't mention you last week. There was so much to mention, but damn it, this guy's great. Mm-hmm. Yes. David, where, what were you looking at, David? Uh, what's that punk <laughs> ass Cyclops? Uh, no, a punk. No, no, no. A Cyclops. <laughs> there wasn't anything with Cable there. The uh, hey, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. how much, you know, I can't this Cable. It's his offspring. You can't. You can't mess with Cyclops' seed. See, you, um, we really? both have love nestled <laughs> in the Summers really? family. X-Man, oh, no, just... <laughs> you're not going to diss Nate, are you? <laughs> nah, dude. I love Nate. Ah, he teamed ah. up with Deadpool for like what forty eight issues? Yeah, they, they, right? Um Please. it was uh, yeah, it was it was what was awesome was a lot of the, the images, a lot of the prints he was selling were all in um portrait format and, and this Cyclops was, was landscape and it was it was just, it was fantastic and, and I I wanted to go back, but it's Sunday was was a blur, but yeah. uh, yeah, and, for and sure. I I don't usually like covers that are blatantly designed. As, I don't I don't tell you what's going on inside the issue. No, well, no, not not that, but there there's you can tell the intent was to create a great single image yes. at the expense of anything else that covers do like lead a person to read the story. But Juan is an amazing designer, and he just does covers that compel me to pick up the book and at least look inside because if it's a fantastic cover one would assume that the guts are similar so but yeah he, he's just an amazing a visionary uh artist. and friendly i, love it. I mean it wasn't like yeah, he didn't have yeah. his head down and he's you know he, he's watching out of the corner of his eye while you're flipping through mm-hmm. his stuff and it's he's talking and, and he and vince are, are chatting it up about the movies so yeah no it, it was it was a fun table to be at yeah, it's funny because I when I saw that he was there, I didn't get a chance to converse with him like you guys did. But when I was walking around Friday and I saw he was at a table in Artist Alley, I was really surprised because I always just assumed he was one of those guys that wasn't very public because his name is John Doe. You know, it's like I, did, I, I didn't figure he was. I figured he was some guy that probably had a career doing graphic design or something, and so he had a comics side gig that doing covers and whatnot, and the occasional one shot, and and went by Juan Doe as a result. So. I was just really surprised to see it's a real guy that's out in the open. Yeah. While we're on the subject of covers, this is something that was common uh, on the Dark Horse Star Wars books. I want dialogue uh, balloons back on covers. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Captions, yeah. dialogue balloons. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they. Had, I think but, they had their place in, in some. Certainly not. You know, I mean, 
I mean, covers are just pretty. Yeah, you don't need to see them on Sin City covers, but you know, on on Spidey, on 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 Hulk, things like that. That they look great in Superman. They belong there. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Face It True Believer. This issue has it all on the uh, cover, <laughs> but I I never for a second said, "Oh damn, there that is again." I was always like, "Yes." There that is again. I, I love descriptive text on the cover. Can Spider-Man solve the mystery of the, the you know, the exploding colostomy bag? Dun, dun, dun. That, Number that. one, collector's edition. <laughs> I, just, I just love to see text on covers other than the masthead. And that's something, you know, it's just not done anymore with the exception of... Certain books like the the uh, what was that Iron Man's recent story where um, they used text on the cover the whole uh, Tony Stark this is was it Tony Stark this yeah. yeah yeah those covers were brilliant I like those a lot Patrick Sutcher did those covers didn't he no or did he do the variant covers I know he did some of the covers it might have been the variants I think they were Johnson weren't they Dave Johnson were they Dave Johnson covers I don't know who did them but they were so. they were great covers uh, I maybe I'm just an old fart. I throw some. Text I miss there. the corner boxes. I used to love seeing whether whether they were well, in action or the headshots. I, I yeah, love those. I think oh, part I of the problem is if we know that uh, these things have. Um, it's it's just the nature of the industry now, right? The covers are yeah. done so far in advance yeah. because they're yeah. meant to help it's a byproduct the, of the direct market. And yeah, yeah just, and uh, and this this forthcoming DC month where they're doing all iconic portraits with uh, single yeah. or you know yeah. very few characters on the cover that. That's something that would make me turn away from those books. I mean, if I did buy them, I, 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 think I guess one, I'm sort of numb to it. I mean, I'm I, I'm with you, Vince. I I would love it if we could get back to the days where a, a the guys that were doing the interiors did the covers. Yes. B that yeah. they helped tell the story and helped you decide if you something you wanted to try. But, um, but I don't. I, I can't say that I. I maybe just because I'm so used to it, just being the reality. I'm not. I mean, if a, a nice cover is a nice cover now, I guess I just my expectations have changed. I would much rather it be the way you're saying, but I guess I ex- having accepted they're not, like I don't mind. Like those DC covers, I don't. I don't mind that so much. Like I, that's. You know, I mean, they, they, as long as they're nice renditions, you know. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Just like an, it's it, again. It's it, the, the the role of the cover has been demoted over the years. Yeah. That, the cover used to be preeminent. Way back when, when we didn't see advanced solicitations three months ahead of time, yep. and we picked up books off the rack at a spur of the moment, oh. the the cover was the selling point for these Just books. The, there, now, there were there were there were like st- stock covers that would that would be made, and the direction um, to the creative would be make a story based on this cover. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and well, I still remember one issue of Fantastic Four where. I, I and I swear it said something like this scene doesn't take pay, place in this issue, yeah. but and it was a, it was like a, a Kirby right, drawing right. of of Quasimodo and the Fantastic Four just duking it out. And they had it laying around. They just slapped it on, and there was a reprint inside or something, just to just to get the book out. You know, these but, days guys do. Uh, uh, Tim Freaky Tiki and I were talking to Sean Murphy uh, of Joe the Barbarian fame uh, at New York. Uh, Comic Con, and Sean was saying that he was just uh, commissioned to do a bunch of Batman covers, and we said, "Oh, great! Which book?" And he said, "I don't know. I think they're just inventory. They'll use them for whatever." So, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. you know, he's just going to bang out a bunch of covers, which I'm sure yeah. will be beautiful because he's a great artist. And then yeah. they'll just assign them to whatever book uh, that they think it fits in the next, yeah. you know, year. It's or so. it's that one issue where Batman is jumping off of a rooftop. 
That's right. Right, or fighting blue the background. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. In, in the shadows, yeah. Mm-hmm. Neat. So, yeah. I've never seen that. I don't really <laughs> get to see it. Since we're nitpicking about that, because I know as a fellow previews devotee, what drives me up the wall is when you're looking through previews and then you see some stock cover where it even says not final cover. Not, not, yeah, yeah, not final cover. Yeah, really? I bought? Then why put it on there then? Yeah. Like just... I, I love the ones that are you know classified. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great selling point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You could get it. It could have a huge schwantz on the cover. You'd be walking out, what the <laughs> hell is this? Show. Yeah, it would. Especially <laughs> yeah. if it's, you know, in Strange Tales, too. And, We'd be talking uh, about it. <laughs> oh, did you get the schwantz issue? <laughs> for, for those of you playing at home, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is the Strange Tales 2 drinking game. Yes. Whenever, you hear, whenever you hear Strange Tales 2, you have, to, you have to sip. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I assume none of you guys have read the outfit yet. The outfit? No. Oh, no, not yet. Uh, not no. going to get on it, people. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Fantastic! It's it's. If it weren't for Aphrodisiac, it would. For the second year in a row, it's probably going to be in my short list of of. Uh, he will Parker will be in my short list of best graphic novels of the year, but will not win because it was really really good. But I don't think it it dethroned Aphrodisiac for me. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a tough one for me. That's we were yeah. talking about it earlier. It's. Uh, um, Cuba, my revolution is still, is sure, still, sure. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But no, but but uh, we can talk about outfit when you guys read it. But it, it, I'll just say that it was certainly more than lived up to the hype. I, it was fantastic. I, I heard he he does some kind of funky um, art style switch up during. He does, it's, yeah, um, he does, and not only for a few pages, um, mm-hmm. but but there's um, it goes prose for a while. It does. Nice. There's a component. There's a component where. Parker is effectively trying to get, um, you know, he's fighting the outfit just like in the first. It's a continuation. It's effectively a sequel of the of the last one, um, and he's she's still having issues with the outfit, and he is trying to encourage um, other people to um, rob or, or or steal from the outfit as well um, to send a message. And what uh, Darwin does, which is really awesome, is. With each heist that's not done by Parker, um, he he does a totally different art style for each crew, ranging ah, from very cool. very very cartoony to very scratchy. You know, he just he does a bunch of different. He just bangs out a couple you know a couple pages for each heist, and they're completely different art styles, oh, that's which nice. is really really neat. It's a nice way to segment the book and really hits home that it's a different crew and has nothing to do with Parker. So, yeah um, yeah, yeah, great stuff. Bullock Cook is a master storyteller, so... Yeah, uh, he's... uh, Is the prose uh, passages uh, lettered comic book style, or is it just... uh, No, no, it's... It's, it's, yeah, it's lettered. It looks handwritten. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know know if it is handwritten. It looks it, though, so it could just be a really good font. I'm not not a font to file like some of you guys, so it could be a really nice computer font that he found. But um, but, uh, to be honest, I I skipped over some of the prose. Ooh... Uh, I just, uh, it, it just was, it kind of was one of those things, like for me, it was interrupting my, the flow of a very action-packed, fun read, so I just, I thought I could always go back if someone tells me how important it was, but I didn't, I don't feel like, I certainly don't feel like I missed anything, just skimming over it quickly. You know, that's funny you should mention that, because way back when, whenever, uh, like the the prose issue of Howard the Duck, mm-hmm. my comic-buying friends absolutely refused to read it, uh-huh. because it was prose. 
And, right. and anytime they would encounter blocks of text within a comic book, they would just skip it. And, and I would be appalled. Like, how could yeah. you, why would you skip that? That's part well, of the story. I mean, Morrison did that in a, in a issue of Batman. A Batman, yeah, right. Yeah, all pros at you, yeah. On the, uh, yeah. the black, uh, yeah. blacklist or whatever it was. The, yeah, the which a lot of people lost their shit. Black it's like, or, yeah. Oh, it's come like, on. oh, it's like, come on, just, just how, how re- could you, relax. How could you just turn relax. on experimentation like that? Hmm. The well, guy, the guy tried something different. I mean, w- would you true. rather on stagnate hand, though, and just a, a comic the... book? Though is not like an entire issue of a comic book that's in prose. That's a little bit dirty, cool. I think, but it's unexpected. Right. It's, it's well, shocking. Right, but I mean, people buy. Well, a comic why would you be unexpected? I mean, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, maybe in a book like Batman, it's where you. I mean, you're you're expecting it to be Batman, but I mean, honestly, that's kind of been most of Morrison's run on Batman is getting something that you don't yeah, really a chance take uh, for sure. But uh, yeah. you wouldn't see that with someone like, say, Chris Claremont, who is no, A lot of those issues of X Men were pretty much just text. Well, so. okay, bad, bad, bad example. Um, pick, right. pick a, a, a competent. We want to talk about Claremont's prose. Anyway. Okay, a, a competent writer oh, that is, is has not ascended to the level of a Morrison. Like Gr- right. Granches, he took a chance because of his status as one of the preeminent comic writers. He said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to try this out. If they don't like it, too look, bad." Yeah, there are lots. I mean, these guys are writers. It wouldn't shock me to see something like. I mean, look, a lot of these guys are even novelists, right? I mean, Aruka or. Jonathan Mabry or Swarzynski. I mean, these guys write novels. So yeah, uh, yeah. So if they threw up again, I don't. I wouldn't have any objection to yeah. a couple pages of prose in a comic if if it told. Oh, compelling so, story. Like that I think. Book. Uh, yeah. Did, well, did y'all did y'all pick up the uh, like yeah uh, the GI Joe Cobra Special Two? Did you guys get that? I do have it. I just yeah. haven't read it yet. There's a. Um, a Probably the back third of it is all prose, but it's um, taken from the Swarzynski. I guess he's there's. Is there a collection of GI Joe prose short stories coming out? I'm gonna have to. I've got it around here, but it's basically a uh, an excerpt from that, which is pretty. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. Well, and Bendis Ooh. is doing that uh, prose. Oh, the oral history? history of the oral yeah. history of the yeah, the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not it. reading either. Yeah. So. I've lost the love of GI Joe. Wow! Yeah, I could tell I, it was coming because you stopped talking yeah, about it. I dropped them all. Wow! Uh, all of them? Huh? Whoa. All of them? Yeah. Wow! Yeah. I'm still digging the the Cobra. Robert Atkins is listening somewhere, going, I know, what? I "Oh no, Jason it was still loves me." No, it was not because of Atkins' art. I, 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 well, no, I, I know. And, and the uh, right, and the other, the other uh, artists on the book were were just as uh, well, not good as as good as Robert, but yeah, they they were good. It's just I just found myself not really giving a shit anymore. Yeah, that's a perfectly fine reason to jump. You can yeah. always go back and get them. yeah, yeah, and at three ninety nine a pop. It's tough. You know, damn it, was Antonio Fuso, was he in New York? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I, it's a good question. If he was, I didn't see him. He's got a ah. new Vertigo crime. Oh, um, please don't bring it up. Oh. What? Really? It's a fucking nightmare. I think that oh. is. <laughs> no, his, uh, let me, his work is not, his art is not a nightmare, but it is an incomprehensible story. <laughs> really? Now, yeah, isn't, I mean, isn't it called know, family? I recently discussed the uneven nature of the Vertigo crime. Yes, you did. Thing. 
Some have been I've enjoyed. Some have been hit or miss. This one is it, this pretty much was the nail in the coffin. Now wait for the for the little bookie book here. It's something family. What's it called? Uh, hold on, I have it sitting right here. Okay. Uh, it's it's written by Dennis Mina or Denise. Sorry, Denise Mina. Uh, art by Antonio Fuso. It's called A Sickness in the Family. A Sickness in the Family. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. It is. Again, if someone else read it and enjoyed it, more power to you. But I honestly <laughs> thought it was incomprehensible. Wow. Honestly, like said, I, you know, I was it, halfway it, through it. I didn't have any idea what was going on. Like I literally was halfway through the book, and I'm like, I have no idea what's happening in this book. The, 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 Vertigo, the Vertigo crime series been something I thought was was going to be awesome and possibly yeah. huge for them. You know, honestly, it's been kind of fucking disappointing. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, now, let, one of them. Let, let, let me get out the yardstick. How does it compare to Dark Entries? Because I think uh, from the Vertigo crime that I've read, maybe five of them, I thought Dark Entries, while enjoyable, was probably the weakest. That, that's the, the Hellblazer one, right? Yeah, yeah. I, that's the one I didn't buy. So Okay. Because yeah, it was right. Hellblazer, and I figured I don't know much about Hellblazer, so I, you know, you know. But uh, and and I not I enjoyed it very much, but it, it like as in turn compared to Area Ten, or yeah, it just didn't it didn't have the stuff. Uh, area, I mean, area Ten and Filthy Rich have been have been the winners out of that. Yeah, Filthy, Filthy Rich, Rich was the best one. Yeah, the chill, uh, you know, chill yeah. was in. Um, the one I talked about a few weeks ago. What was the name of that one? Um, the one with all the, oh. the, 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 the 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 he had the, the he had the obligatory priest molesting boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember that one. But uh. Uh, Area Ten is actually that's been my favorite. Oh, it's, nice. Uh, yeah, it, it, it you know Fil- Filthy Rich was good, but I mean it was pretty cut and dried, you know, noir and but visually, um, my God, yeah, it was stunning. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Area Ten, I. I I didn't feel like I had read that story before, and yeah, you know, whenever, whenever you're doing, yeah, you know, cut and dry noir, it's like, okay, well, this is, yeah, that's it was well, well done. Let me, let me just say that if you're only if you're not getting every one of them, uh, and <laughs> need to choose from a, a rack if you're at the bookstore, uh, let's make sure Sickness in the Family isn't the first one you grab. Put it that way. Yeah. That's bummer because okay. I I love Fuso's art. Now, see, oh, Jason, hey, the art's fun. You, the art's fun. You saying this compels me to buy it. <laughs> no, real no, just to see how bad it is or and or I'll probably click with it. I mean if Jason and I usually enjoy a lot of the same things, but there are certain things like I'm 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 confident that Jason's not gonna read Prison Pit. You know, uh, that's and, true. And, in fact, yeah, I just see, heard from uh, what is it? Fanographics is that who put that out, or who? who yes, put that Fanographics. Uh, yeah, I just ordered something from Fanographics on when Mario posted the uh, the sale they were having on Prison Pit. Uh, I actually ordered a bunch of stuff from there, but not Prison Pit. <laughs> you just, you know, don't get me started on the second issue because I can go. And the second issue was awesome. It was so good. Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, just Ooh, um, Vince, did you read the fucking Howard the Duck? Spider-Man one-shot? Um, don't make me say this. Nice! Ooh. You read it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was Not rough, right? Happy. I didn't like it at all. No, me neither. No, no. I, 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 and <laughs> a, a lot of it had to do with... Was it Ty Templeton that drew it? Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah, it was Ty, Ty oh, Templeton. Wow, really? The, the, the rendition of Howard was 
it, it was the same. Yeah. Yes, it was the same as that miniseries from oh, a couple, a couple of years, years ago. Oh, the yeah, and, series, uh, and the story. I mean, it did have the the uh, the beats from a, a, a Gerber Howard story. There was, you know, the the social commentary, and and it just seemed like it was. It was patterned to do what Mark it should Brooks, do. Mark Brooks and uh, Ray Height. Mark, Mark Brooks in the first twelve pages, and Ray Height on the last. Yeah, Ten. I just I didn't dig it. Cover's great. I like the cover. Scotty, yeah, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, cover. Scotty did a great job on the cover, but no, no. <laughs> and it, it kills me. It kills me that it's Howard the Duck, and I can't be screaming from the rooftops about how good it was. Well, I knew the fact you didn't lead this week wanting to discuss it meant that you didn't care for it all that much because you couldn't contain yourself while Howard the Duck Spider-Man one-shot should have been like your heaven. Yeah, heaven. it should be my stroke book, but it was not, and it, unfortunately. And it, it also lacked it, lacked... it lacked Gerber. Yeah, right. There were some beats of Gerber, but it lacked... The naughtiness, it lacked yeah. the the wit. The, the wit. <laughs> no, but right, like no, but but like the the, the but the wit that the challenge, you know, that challenges you. The the wit mm-hmm. that you really sort of have to be on point to really pick up that it's you know it it, it, it it's just yeah. It, very it's just, very few uh, authors can turn a phrase like Gerber, and yeah. if you want to step into those shoes, you better be damn good. Um, I don't want to slam the book. It, it just. I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Because I'm sure a lot of hard work went into it. And I hope it sells reasonably well that they can continue making uh, Howard the Duck-related um, comics. But yeah, not for me. Yeah, it's hard. That's yeah. That always be Steve Gerber's character to me. Yeah. Because it, the, the, the character, Howard is Steve Gerber. Exactly. He spoke, he spoke through the duck. It's just like you don't get another author to write Morpheus because it's Gaiman that he yeah. and, and when, when Mignola's gone somebody else gonna do Hellboy I know? sure hope not yeah, yeah. Uh, just like Dave Sim and Cerebus who can fill yeah. those those big boot misogynistic boots <laughs> yeah, not, not that many people so yeah, right. uh, Howard and, and is it, Steve Gerber and it's no fault I guess it, it kind of is the fault of the, the, the writer because you don't take the job if you don't feel confident you can do it but how can you do it because it's Steve Gerber one of the greatest comic book writers of all time it, it's a difficult thing do you take the job or do you don't take the job I don't know sure. I would be scared shitless to write a Howard the Duck story because I know that that uh, that mark is very high, and I'm not going to hit it. Yeah. Yep. I I think there's only one dude that can hit it, and he won't work for Marvel. <laughs> that, that's Alan, Alan Moore. Yep. Alan Moore, I bet, can write a killer Howard the Duck story. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I I would like to think someone like Van Lente could do a cool Howard the Duck story. Yeah, he 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 could. He uh, certainly has Van the Lente- humor down. Yeah, he yeah. could get the the snarkiness of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know if the if the social commentary would be there in the way that Gerber was so good right. at, at at doing that. You know, of combining you know his his offbeat humor with the social commentary. That's what right. that's what made Gerber so amazing. And and I yeah. was a fanatic uh, uh, about Gerber's blog. And just from reading his various blog posts on a, on a bazillion different subjects, you can tell that Gerber criticized a lot of things about society, but because he cared a lot about people. 
And, and I think that's what made him so unique. Anybody can get, uh, behind a keyboard, just bitch about the ills of society and, and point out the, the failings of, of, of modern man. But it was Gerber who actually, he gave a shit about right. society and he wanted to help point out the inconsistencies and the just downright stupidity of, of things that we do and, and, and just point it out and say, Hey, we can change this. Give it a shot, but uh, he, yeah, I miss him. I really do. I, I, one of those things where I never got to meet Jack Kirby. I never got to meet Frank Zappa, but I did correspond with Gerber via email. Yeah, so that's, that's okay. Cool. I feel like that's I've cool. done something with my life. And he was going <laughs> to come on bullpen bulletins with David and I. Yeah. He he agreed to it. I mean, and, yeah. and that, it just then he got some, sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I miss them. Oh well. Hey, upbeat. What did? Who read something that they really enjoyed? Mm. <laughs> Pause. Uh, <laughs> Strange Tales too. Yeah, I read, Strange Tales. I read something that I liked. I didn't love it, but I liked it. What would that be? It is. Let me grab it here. Do, 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 do. It is Die Hard Year One from Boom Studios. Oh yeah, I almost ordered that wow. the other day. Um, it um, it's written by Howard Chaykin and no uh, with art, Yep, art yeah. by uh, by Stephen Thompson. Yeah. Uh, it is it is pretty much what you would expect from the title Die Hard Year One. It is uh, John McClane's uh, first uh, first like month or so on the job as a New York City cop, and right. uh, it takes place in uh, Manhattan, uh, 1976, over Fourth nice. uh, of July weekend. So it's the it's the the bicentennial celebration in in New York and uh, and John McClane is a is a rookie cop. Uh, wow, yeah, I like that yeah. setup. That seems yeah. like uh, the premise for a Die Hard movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And um, it's um, it's it's part um, it's it's part like John McClane. It, it almost kind of has a fan fiction feel to it. That's um, uh, you know, but it, but it's it's part Die Hard, and it's part Howard Chaykin's love letter to 1970s New York. And it, maybe it's just because you know I was just in New York and 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 coming back and and reading this. It I mean this this book is it's four issues of of loving and and hating but but just kind of uh, bathing in 1976 Manhattan and and what it was like i mean you know it's everyone that everyone that i know that um was in Manhattan or grew up in Manhattan and kind of remembers that time um talks about it as being you know a, a seedier place a more dangerous place but uh, ultimately um a little bit more interesting place oh and, hell yeah the the worst yeah. thing they ever did was clean up 42nd street yeah <laughs> the, the, the they, Giuliani they, they, clean up they, they, Times they, they ripped they ripped the soul out of that city when they did that yeah. And and I know you could pro- you can probably say yeah. So the soul of the city was drug, sex, and you know pornography and, and New York City man. lawlessness. But I I have to agree the the danger aspect of the city was was mesmerizing to me because I was in '76. I was 11 years old, and Damn, we, you're ma- old. we we yeah. did make we made frequent trips to the city 
do in in the 70s and i loved i was fascinated with the city the the peep booths and the the porn movies and just still there, down, well i know but they're not as it's not as um obvious now and they're not there's not a whole street of them i mean you can go to see a shaw brothers movie in 42nd street walk across the street and go see a stroke film and it, it was it was awesome and just the I'm gonna sound like a retard for saying this, but just like the 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 garbage and the 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 dirt and the filth and the <laughs> prostitutes, it was awesome. I remember walking down the street and this bum, toothless bum, in in a filthy, disgusting coat, drunk off his ass, had a picture ripped from a porn magazine of a woman holding something in her hand, and he's walking down the street, and here I am with my mother, and I thought this is the greatest city on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's that same part of your. Your uh, gray matter, which is what gets turned on by things like cockbone, Pris- right? That I know a- exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like been, even as a kid, you were attracted to that really dark. Yes, dark like side of CD stuff. I, yeah. I love the taboo and the, and those that break them. I love that. <laughs> the, the more extreme, the more repulsive uh, and disgusting you can be. I will, I will just eat it up. I don't know why. What does that say about me? The the mundane doesn't doesn't work on me. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris, I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, 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 absolutely. I I, I think that I think that you and Howard Shaken probably are cut from the same cloth when it comes to you know the 1970s uh, New York. But uh, you know this really this really does set up as as a a diehard esque um story and he, he, I, I think you know for me and and most people in my generation um if die hard isn't one of your favorite movies you at least um recognize it as as a movie that that helped redefine uh the the action genre it's yeah, it, it is one of my favorite movies but um and i Vince, you're you're not a big fan of the movies i i, I don't think but you know it, it those, really those type no but yeah, yeah i i i admire you, reckon, you, re- you recognize yeah. what what die hard oh, sure. was as a movie um yeah. it, and honestly it, it's it's kind of neat to you know have john McClane as as a as a green cop but if you if it's not john McClane, it it could be you know any you know any cop in manhattan any rookie cop um it doesn't this really doesn't have to have anything to do with die hard it just happens to be john mcclane um it, it's it, at its core it's it's a it's a cops and robbers story you know it's a it's a uh, a group of a group of people that are planning a heist um around the around the fourth uh, of july celebration now you know i enjoyed it um, a couple, a couple of my critiques are that um, it was a four-issue miniseries, and probably almost three quarters of it, just less than three quarters of the of the trade, are set up and getting getting all of the characters introduced and getting everyone in place. And it's really the the last issue or so, which is where your climax and your resolution is, and that's okay. that's okay. Um, from from my taste, if you're going to do a, an action movie on paper, I, I would rather see it the other way. You know, a, a, an issue or so of setup, and then three issues of like the action 
So um, it, it was really kind of setting up the scene and, and setting up New York and all of these characters. And then it's kind of this hurried, this hurried resolution. Um, and the other thing, I mean, there were, there were a couple you know, ridiculous um, plot and story points in there that once I got to thinking about them, it's like that was kind of that was kind of ridiculous. But you know, they, they, <laughs> there 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 are some crooked cops, and this the the damsel in distress in the story sees them murder somebody, and so they spend the next couple issues trying to find her, and and or you know because she can um, she can identify them. Well, it's Manhattan on a huge tourist weekend and so there's probably eight million people in manhattan for this weekend and over the course of the story she she stumbles across them or they stumble across her not once not twice but yes three times in the story they just stumble across each other i'm sorry they, they actually goes out of its way to, to explain that manhattan is actually a small island and this can happen i i don't care how small the island is you put seven million people together you're not gonna fucking bump into anyone repeatedly it's so that was a little ridiculous, but it, it had to work for the story. But um, it, it was it sounds like I'm, I'm busting, you know, breaking bad on it. But um, it, it was an enjoyable cops and robbers story. Um, you know, it didn't didn't have much to do with, you know, Die Hard, the movies as we know them. But no, it, it was a good little good little cops and robbers story. Cool, cool. I'm going to keep an eye out for that. You're fuzzy, brother. Yeah. In perfect timing. Uh-huh. Exactly. David. Yes, sir. Did you um, uh, two questions? One, did you um, finish reading Doom War? And two, uh, did you did you order uh, the first issue of the Claws of the Panther miniseries? No, to both. I, I have the issues. I did not finish Doom War. And I believe the Claws of the Panther is going to trade weight for me. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Um, the Claws of the Panther, um, really pleasant surprise for me. Cool. That first issue. Um, I, uh, to be honest, I have not really dug Shuri as the female Black Panther. I, I, okay. I, I mean, I, I, I like her as a character, but I, I just... She's not T'Challa. Right, she's yeah. not T'Challa, so it, it, again, it's we were talking earlier about how you have you know Spider Man or Wolverine in a million books. Well, you know, un, until this uh, this new Man Without Fear starts, you know, I can't find T'Challa anywhere. So um, when they replaced him in his own book, it was kind of like okay. Um, but in this context, which this this book is sort of what happens to Shuri right after the end of Doom War, um, it, it, it's cool. The, the This is another case of where the cover has absolutely nothing to do with the um, what's actually in the book. The cover shows Shuri, Black Panther, and Spider-Man and Wolverine fighting dinosaurs, uh, which longtime Marvel fans will presume that it means it takes place in the Savage Land. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a story about Shuri in the Savage Land, but um, Spidey and Wolverine do not appear in the issue at all. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, she basically it goes to the Savage Land because events happen in Wakanda uh, in Doom War, which preclu- which which remove their vibranium supply. So she is sent uh, to the Savage Land to see if she can broker a deal with Kazar 
for um, for some of their vibranium to help replenish their stock. And when she gets to the Savage Land, um, she goes to find Kazar and my girl Shauna, who I just adore, uh, is like, what you doing here? And she's like, I came because Kazar asked me. And then Shauna's like, what are you talking about? Uh, Kazar has been missing for weeks. And then Shuri's like, well, I got a call from him yesterday. And she's like, like hell you did. And then uh, <laughs> hilarity ensues. No, but um, I love Savage Land. Uh, this book is drawn by uh, Gianluca Giuliata. I have no idea if he's done prior work. I don't know him, but uh, uh, I think as is requisite of a book featuring Shuri and Shauna, he draws a beautiful female form. So, um, you know, hot ladies and dinosaurs, it's hard to displease me with that combination. And uh, and this certainly um, sates that. Uh, that, But it's good. It's it's Mabry. I like Mabry. He's really only written so far Black Panther. I mean, he's really hasn't gotten a chance to write other stuff. But um, but I dig. I, I he has a. I like his dialogue. It's uh, cool. I I uh, so yeah. This first issue was. I definitely think it'll be worth it. So far, if you're waiting for the trade, it'll be it'll be worth it. I I I was highly Excellent. entertained by that first issue. So. I uh, I haven't read any of his novels, and I believe he wrote at least one of the many sequels to Marvel Zombies. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. I, I've never read any of the sequels, so yeah. Okay. Uh, well, he must no, have, he must have written five because didn't Van Lenty write uh, three, three and four? four? Yeah. Or did he do two and three? But yeah, and I okay. think Kirkman yeah. did two, right? Kirkman did one and two, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So then, yeah, it was probably five then. Uh, no, that's that. That's good to know. I, I'm not. I guess I'm on record saying you know I'm not a huge fan of 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 sidekicks or characters that are forced to us, but I I really don't think I had much of a problem with Shuri because of of how it. Um, Came about how she came to be, yeah, it was it, it made sense in in a way sure. just for what the child was going through, and and uh, it I, I I wasn't as offended as as I guess I normally would be when it comes to like legacy characters or or you know hey here's somebody new, but you know keeping in the family and and uh, and and there's the the royalty and then the lineage there, so it, it it works. I I I wonder. If this means then that she'll be Black Panther as far as international incidents go, and and T'Challa will uh, stay closer to, uh, well, I guess to New York, but um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, to be I'm, with I'm, the wonderful wife. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah to be, 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 well, no, because she should be out in San Francisco. He's in Cali. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, there's. Did they split? Michael. No, no but, but but the, the mutants are out west, and, and he's in Hell's Kitchen. So, uh, well, the premise of Hell's Kitchen, um, as I understand, is that he's broke now, and so he's he's taking on the mantle of Man Without Fear. Kind of, it's the it's um it's it's um that's why people were comparing it to the uh, the uh, Eddie Murphy movie. What was that movie? Coming, Coming to America. Because <laughs> yeah. he's in Manhattan doing no money, even though he's royalty. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They should call it the Man Without Money. Whoop Joe Lewis's ass. Whoop Joe Lewis's ass. Mom Clay. Where does the king find a wife? Like, I'm with you, David. And that's but that that's what my thing too is. I I don't really have an issue with Shuri, and that's why I thought this issue kind of surprised me. It's just that I think I just had an issue with the fact that it's damn hard to come across T'Challa most months. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, I got one book 
which, as you and I loved the priest thing, and then we had the long Reggie Hudlin run, and it's like, okay, we're going to relaunch it, and then, oh, but it's not going to be T'Challa. Now, granted, he was in the book, so yeah. it's not like, but, you know, um, and I didn't even mind, uh, you know, I, I didn't mind even when, when they did the whole Casper Cole thing and all that was fine, um, but it's just, uh, yeah, I just wish, you know, if, if T'Challa was back on the Avengers or something, maybe I wouldn't mind as much that Shuri's in that book. But just like, damn, can't we get, can't, can't the dude be on a, in a book? But we're getting, I, I guess, I'm getting, I guess I'm getting my way. I mean, I guess he's, you know, he is taking yeah, over. Yeah, he's going to be, right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, with awesome looking art. I mean, shit. So. I, Francesca, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I have no problem with that. I mean, she can, she can have her own miniseries, her own ongoing, whatever, if, if, if. If he's a, a solo book, then uh, did did you say Francesco? As in Frank Alvila? Yeah, it will be illustrated. Oh, I, I thought you meant Francesco. Oh, you get a Veggie Tales Francesco. Yeah. Oh, she no. dragon no. Francesco. Yes. No, no, no. this she is uh, yeah. black coat Francesco Frank Alvila. Oh, he's good too. Yeah. 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 All right, that's it. That's all we got. That uh, is so, so. So. So wouldn't I have to apologize to Mr. Matt Burton because we did not get to the Six Gun Talk this week? Oh, it's true. I'm sure you'll make up for that next week. I'll be all cut up. I'll be all cut up by next week. Six Gun next week will be our Strange Tales too. Awesome. Yes. This audio glitch filled episode has <laughs> been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com Once again, BPRD Plague of Frogs, 53% off. $16.44. Next Men, number one. John Burns' return to his famous team, 99 cents. 75% off. Oceanverse. Mike, Mike Schwartz, our forum member. Forum. Big, big, big thanks to uh, Mike because he sent me Yes, the, the that promo versions. pack is, is yeah, awesome. awesome. Yes, yes, it is. Great. That's, you know, like hey. Crayons, and yeah, we got to talk about that next week, too. Yes, we will. Okay. Uh, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com forward slash forum. You can encounter Mike Schwartz on our forum, and all four of issues of his Oceanverse are back in print. You can get them through DCBS for 35%. Get it, get it. Got to sixth gun, number one, uh, trade number one, 50% off. DCBService.com, that Wumba discount we talk about, that's where you get them. DCBService.com. And in your travels, hey, I'm not prepared. Read, oh, um, well, yeah, they they kind of got that. I <laughs> they, think, they, I don't know. yeah, I don't know a little you, bit. Uh, you were subtle. Um, why don't you read Bulletproof Coffin? Because it's so great. Nice. Yeah, it's published by Image, and we all love it. I'm I'm sure. And while you're looking at the rack that supposedly has all the Image comics in it, read Nancy in Hell. Oh my God, is that book great? <laughs> yeah. Se- second issue was the tits. Literally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in your clever. travels, um, check out my chit chat with uh, Jill Thompson on Mondays. Uh, I fanboy don't miss, wow. and uh, pick up the Beast of Burden Hellboy one shot coming out next week. I already ordered it. Bam! I Sounds heard Beast awesome. of Burden was really good. Beast of Burden is right. Re- yeah, great. Uh, yeah, you can you can tell me how it is. Yeah, oh, me too, David. You love I'm animals. not reading it. You Why not? Because uh, animals in danger does not resonate with David. Thank you. Yeah, you would have cruel, Yeah, I can do without that. Uh, I will say because maybe I'll I'll talk about it soon. The um, the first arc, which I know it was the end of the first arc. First arc finished, so issue six will kick off arc number two. Uh, read I Zombie. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the trade on the first one. Yeah, I, I was. I. I, I 
won me over by the time we got to the last issue. I was a little leery about like you know around the second, third, third or fourth issue, but I'm uh, I'm on board. I've been digging it. I've yeah. been digging it. How could you? Nice, not? really. And um, a book that uh, I always don't know why I don't seemingly talk about it because it's phenomenal and I love it. Um, read uh, the unwritten. It's freaking awesome, people. Yeah, we just talk right. about it a lot. It's really good. Yep. So I've switched to trades to um, almost all of the Vertigo books, with the <clears> exception <throat> of Fables and Jackoff. So. I get yeah. everything in trade. So I'll be picking that up. Yeah, you want Jackoff. Hey, Chris, while we're, while we're doing the, the outro here, I do like action movies. I just, not too hot on mid to late uh, 80s. Mega Force. No, I like yeah. Death Race. Oh. Death Race is a great movie. Roller, oh, mm-hmm. Rollerball. That's great oh, stuff. The original, oh, the original, uh, wait, the original, right? No, the yeah, original yeah, Roller, James, James Conn. The original is one of my all time favorite movies. That's a great movie. Yeah, also, uh, I should, uh, I, would be remiss in not mentioning that uh, the latest just released episode of Sean Pryor's PKD Media Black Box uh, it uh, features a chat between Sean and I about uh, many things Busta Rhymes College but uh, mainly Mask as in the Mobile Armored Strike Command (laughs) so if uh, you feel like uh, getting schooled on some mask some ill pickle maskness uh, we hooked it up and we also he also had uh, Eugene uh, uh, Adam Levy? Warrock uh, on uh, that episode talking about his new album, um, and um, yeah, it's good stuff. So by all means, you love the mask. Mm-hmm. Love the mask. That's dude. like my love of Vampirella and Spawn <laughs> and Spawn and <laughs> well, one is a popular eighties toy line. Yes. The other is a indie underground comic. But yeah, I see the correlation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for being here with us. We'll be back next week. Go kiss your mama. If you don't have a mama. And hop over to iTunes and leave a review if you feel like it. Yeah, that too. Because we've, yeah. been, we've been stagnating on those. We, we've reached a, a plateau and then all of a sudden, nothing. Leave us yeah. an iTunes review. Get that yes. ball rolling again. Listen to Jason. See you next I week. I remember that, uh, that view, Views Expressed by uh, members of the show. <laughs> callers, guests, and the occasionally intercepted transmission are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of 11 o'clock comics. The Japanese are just fucking weird. Uh, while alcohol is consumed and consumed often on the show, there are currently no laws prohibiting drinking and podcasting. I'm now 274 hours without a drink and about ready to lose my goddamn mind. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of 11 o'clock comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of 11 o'clock comics and Vince B's mystery, mystery box of love. And this has been an 11 o'clock comics production copyright 2010. Yep. I've discovered the formula of Chris's disclaimer. Intro, intro, kick Vince in the balls. <laughs> Jack Kirby was Stan Lee's love slave out of choice, and all views expressed in this blah, blah, blah. True. Oh, and one thing before we sign off. There is one week left in the 11 o'clock yes, logo you. contest. By the way, uh, if we haven't said it enough on the thread, ridiculously phenomenal submissions so far. <laughs> It's going to be nearly impossible to actually pick a winner, but uh, you have a week left to do any submissions if you so choose, and we will um, we will close off the thread uh, next week and then take whatever time we need to to pick a winner. 
but it won't be that long, I'm sure. I, I'm thinking yeah. there. I th- I'm thinking there's an official logo in there, and at least five or six awesome T-shirts. Yeah, I originally thought that Andy bitch slapped everybody early on, but the 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 last batch of up some logos, yeah. yeah, that have been people have been bringing it. I yeah. love that goddamn goalkey. I would, love yeah. that logo. Yeah. It's, nice. gonna, yeah, it's gonna be rough. Yeah. I may have to bring out the D20 to decide. Yeah. It looks pretty good on Lindsay Lohan, too. RPG. All right, everybody. We'll be back. Saving throw. We'll be back next week with our saving throws and more comics talk. Thanks for being here. We love you. Vince has a charisma of 18. It's bigger than that. Come on. You know I've never played a game of Dungeons and Dragons. It's okay. I'm not surprised. Really? Yeah. Why? You would be chaotic good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does it strike me as your bag, man? His bag? I always read all the... Like, I I loved that whole... I love the cartoon on scene. CBS. Yeah, I love the Saturday CBS mornings. cartoon. Yeah. Read all the Choose Your Own Adventures. I always got the yes. TSR... Like new manuals with all the like the the, the character oh, the guides and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I would yeah, love like to read. Willingham yeah. ad artwork. Yeah, you yeah, realize I all that stuff, but I never th- actually played the game. This talk is going to give Alan a huge boner. boner. Yes. Uh, Why uh, Alan those RPGs? Oh, oh, Al- oh my yeah. God, he's a game master. Yes, he's oh, a I didn't DM. Know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alan, I'll tell you what. If you're still listening, and we have, Vince hasn't cut us off, I'm I not will, cutting uh, this off. No. I'll play some D and D with you sometime in the city if you want to set it up. Awesome. I will too. Actually, I would. I I I played very little D and D. I was mostly with the uh, with champions and and builds and vigilantes. But I uh, I'll play some D and D. Yeah, I can roll. I can roll it up. But I live in Chicago. That's uh, right. But uh, do by proxy. You just you, you. All right. What did I roll now? You just do it over the phone. No, Skype do D and D D and D Skype. Oh, D and D Skype. I'm do all over it. Yeah. My my wife will divorce me. It's okay. You'd be yeah, better. Probably. She hasn't yet, dude. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't yet. <laughs> Say bye bye. Later. No. The chocolate chip monkey and the chunky chip monk threw a party for their friend, a four foot skunk. The printed invitations remembered every name. They invited everybody, and everybody came. Yeah, everybody came. Everybody and everybody came. Everybody came. Everybody came. They invited everybody. And everybody came. Found the 
the candy and the lemon soda pop We started going crazy and we couldn't make them stop it The house started shaking, there was no one else to blame They invited everybody and everybody came, yeah, yeah.